Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. However you happen to be watching this, I want to welcome you to the Gaming Circle Podcast. The podcast where this week we're excited because we have some light topics that might actually turn into some spicy headed, uh, spicy conversations, uh, as we always tend to do around here. Uh, I am your host, TKO Asante, K Asante, Twitter, Xbox, PlayStation, wherever you'll find me. And of course, this week, as with all weeks, I am joined by my brother from another mother, my follically challenged evil twin. There you go. <laughs> oh, why you got to say that? Because I know how much <laughs> he loves it. Years I've been trying to do this. Because I know how much he hates it when I say that. The man uh, who is now on the other side of the looking glass. How much? How far are you? Level 50? Something like that? 50, Mr. Everborn Saga. What's going on? 54 as of this morning. I did a little bit 54. more grinding. 54. And of course, for those who are not who, who are not aware, we are talking about Elden Ring. We will be talking f- much further about Elden Ring uh, throughout the the course of this show. But of course, I want to welcome my guest. We've been wanting to have this man on for quite some time. If you're not aware of what he does, I suggest you go do yourself a favor. Check the show notes. Grab his YouTube channel. Go check out some of the essays. Go check out his podcast. Such interesting conversation. The man coming all the way to us from Ireland. You know, speaking such knowledgeable information and all in a smooth African package, Mr. Tate Talks. What's going on, brother? How you doing? African slash Irish. Uh, That's um, right. No, man, really, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And I'm looking forward to the topics today, for sure. Thank you so much for joining us, man. It's, it's really cool having you here. It's awesome that, that you know, you we've been able to make this work. It's been it's been a minute. You know, I understand the conversation, mm-hmm. the, 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 the uh, time zones uh, be unforgiving sometimes. But, you know, we're, we're trying to make it happen. So thank you so much for being here. So, all right, let, let's, let's get this started from the top. Um, um, first off, before we get started, I will say thanks for all the audio listeners. Uh, um, our audio listenership is, is, is reaching higher heights than I ever thought possible. So it's really cool. Thank you guys so much for listening when you when you get a chance to. We keep it PG-13, and it seems to be working. So people have been watching and listening in uh, uh, while, while on the commute or on the go. We appreciate you for doing so. If you happen to leave a review, I will definitely see that, and I will read the review out on the show. So thank you guys again for, for being a part of the, the, the conversation. Uh, I see a bunch of folks in the chat. Welcome, fam. Thank you so much for Scrub Nurse, Big Bad Mo. Uh, 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 Sith Lord, a bunch of folks already in here. We appreciate you for being here. But you know what? Let us get started as we always do on these shows before we get a little bit, you know, off the rails as we do with what we have been been playing, I should say. So, my man Everborn Saga, I know you've been playing, I know you've been playing Elden Ring, and we will talk about Elden Ring, but besides Elden Ring, is there anything you want to talk about this week as far as games that have been keeping you busy or are you solely in the in the Elden Ring camp nothing more nothing less uh all Elden Ring until Tunic drops that's it so understood there's, understood. there's, there's nothing else mm-hmm. uh all uh, all day I dream about grinding in <laughs> Elden Ring I don't know all what day, that acronym is all day you dream about like sh- jumping away from the boulder so you get more Pokemon credits yes yes <laughs> Yes, but we'll see, once you do that, like it uh-huh. gets diminishing returns. So, like, if I want to level up right now, it's going to take me seventeen thousand yep. runes, and I yep. only get nineteen hundred runes from the boulder. From the boulder. Yeah, so it's I like, it. if you want to do it ten times to uh-huh. level up once, you can, or you can find a spot where you get like fifteen hundred runes from a bunch of people that are just standing in the woods. Uh, you creep up on them, and you're netting like 
seven eight thousand rooms every we're time not we making this the album the elden ring podcast this week yes it is no Today we're is. not no we're not that's what this i mean i'd be so out of place because i wouldn't even touch that game there yes, we go tate talks that that is wonderful that is the reason why you are here on this show this cannot be the elden ring podcast what have you yeah. been playing this week sir please um so i got dying light 2 right um great game i was really looking forward to it i was actually hoping it was gonna be on game pass but that didn't happen so when i purchased still it might. it will you know, be still might. It, it will be but yeah, you know yeah. it's one of those games that you just want to play straight away you know? and, yeah. um, and the reviews were saying you know it was, it was glitchy it was um it was undercooked and you know that, that i shouldn't buy basically but i did when i purchased it and you know i guess it, we're, we're probably gonna get into this a, a little bit as well you know in, in relation to Elden ring mm-hmm. but I played it and I didn't have any problems whatsoever. I think, um, yeah, okay, crashed a few times, fro- froze a few times, but it wasn't too bad, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of the game itself, um, the fact that you know you can choose your own, um, you can like decide what you want to do. You can like side with this faction. Like I love that. You know, I'm a huge Mass Effect guy. I'm a huge. If you give me the choice, I'm always gonna be there. Mm-hmm. And this game does do that, but I don't think it executed it the way I wanted it wanted it to. So while it is a good game. I, for me, it didn't meet my expectations. Mm. Um, Interesting. Good game, but yeah, it just, it, just, it just falls a little bit short on, on that aspect. Can I, can I ask a question about that? Not, not uh, for Dying Light specifically, um, but I feel like there has to be a spectrum or there should be a spectrum between, um, you know, understanding that games are becoming larger and more complex mm-hmm. and production budgets are going higher and we can't keep games in development for 10 years and also not giving a pass for games that are so broken you can't complete them. Um, Sometimes I wonder if we spend too much time on, hey, there's pop in here, Mm. right? Like, um, so... I did not. Why'd you fight that guy? What are you yeah, doing, oh, oh. man? I was experimenting, bro. That's I was the No Maidens guy. Yeah, yeah. Jesus this, this, is, this, is, this is how it started. And, and the funny thing is, the funny the thing Elden is. The Elden Ring podcast. Oh, seriously. Seriously. <laughs> he, He's going to follow me and chase me. He gave us the greatest me. meme in gaming in the last several years. No He's Maidens. Gonna, He's going to chase me forever, like forever. He's going to be on me forever. <laughs> and you deserve it. <laughs> and she so, killed, kills me multiple times. I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> yes. So um, th- the thing is, um, wh- wh- where is that line to where we just like put on our big boy pants and say, hey, okay, I get it. There are bugs. There will be fixed. And if I don't like them, I don't have to buy this game on day one. Mm. Right? Because, they, they, you know... Listen, let's let's be adults for for like one second, right? Uh, software development is difficult, sure. We're not making excuses, but what we are saying is, um, you know, these if you don't, you know, run and buy things on, you know, just following the hype, right? You can um, one get these things for cheaper. And you can wait till some of these things are fixed and let the early adopters deal with those bugs. You don't have to be an early adopter and you don't have to play these things um, on day one. So I'm just, I, I just think we, we it, it, you know, in the gaming discourse, maybe sometimes we, 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 we focus too much on, you know, frame rate dips and, um, 
and you know pop in here and there when you know we should be focusing so are, are on you, the game itself so, and whether it delivers so are you are you saying are you, let me just understand what you're saying are you saying that that the and, and this this will frame the conversation that i actually wanted to have this week about reviews in general are you saying that it is wrong to judge a game by more than its gameplay and, it, and its story not at all see and this is the problem i think i think in today's sort of uh instant gratification culture mm -hmm. everything is binary right okay. it, it, there's no hey this is an an eight or 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 you know this is a six it's like it's either a one or a ten and we sure. can't think there are no nuances between that. that so sure. so i think okay. there should be a spectrum of like obviously you don't want things that are gonna stop the enjoyment but when we if some blades of grass pop in or some fog pops in in the background is that really ruining your experience mm -hmm. like really Understood. you know what i mean so okay. I, th I think we can i think we can um we can be critical uh, of bugs but we can also say you know there's certain things you can understand right mm -hmm. okay so for okay. me well, the bar that's like um bugs, go ahead Kay. right I think you know there's a there's an element of tolerance there, right? And everybody has different ways on how to view these things. But I think the main thing is, I don't think this would have been an issue too much back then. But it's the idea that you know these developers are dropping broken games. So when you start to see certain things and like you feel like something's undercooked, I feel like a lot of people are thinking if I give it a pass, it's going to become the norm. But if we attack it now, you know we kind of root it out in that sense. So with that line too, you know, it was this idea of like, oh, no, let, let's go at it because you know, they're doing this, they're doing that, they didn't do this enough. And if you get at them enough, Dying Light 3 shouldn't have this problem because they remember the backlash. So I do agree with everything you're saying and I'm actually like on, on your side on this. <clears throat> but I think the response really just has to do with the, this idea of like, if we let this slide, this is going to become the norm in video games. And is that what we want? Can we stop it now? How, how many I, hours did you put into Dying Light, by the way? Well, I can't even remember to be honest. Um, I hear it's a it could have been game, 50 right? plus. 50 plus? It, you know what it is? It, it's a big game, yeah, but it's very easy. And that's what really annoyed me about the game. Okay. I, I cleared it very, I didn't have to do many upgrades. I didn't have to go find sure. um, special abilities. And so when I actually got to the end and I finished it, I was thinking, that's it. Mm. You and, know, and, so and the, the um, difficulty, that's. Uh, do, do they have difficulty levels in the game? I haven't played it yet. They so. do, they do. And I think, um, and I, I I really wish somebody told me to um to turn it up a little bit okay. because I just played it and I just breezed through it. So you know, to be honest with you, it's actually on my list to play because the the game obviously the marketing was a little weird, so I don't think it really mm -hmm. permeated the zeitgeist as it usually does. But it's got like David Bell in it, the, the 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 creator of parkour, like the actual creator of parkour. He's done movies and stuff. It's got Rosario Dawson in it, great actress. You know that. There are lots of things in that in that game that I I discovered by while watching other people play it and going, why didn't I hear about this? You know, I keep my ears to the street. Why why didn't they talk up this side of the house a bit more and let people know that hey, this game has a lot more to offer? And then the bugs conversation became you know the the, the whole thing when it came to dying light. So I haven't actually started it yet, but it's definitely on my list. Like you said, you wish it came to Game Pass. I'm still holding out hope, and the, and, and then I'll. 
I'll take a stab at it once once uh, it hits Game Pass. But okay, okay. I would actually recommend that. Um, I'm not saying it's a bad buy. If you if, if you like those kind of games, I think it's good. Okay. But um, it, it just didn't hit all the spots for me. Understood, understood. So all right, besides besides Dying Light Two, anything else you've been playing? Um, that's about that's it, to be honest. You know, I play, I play, I, I play Smash Brothers now and then, um, FIFA now and then. You know, you guys probably don't play that too oh, much I, I, over here. Every once in a while, I play a little bit of football. Yes, it's all good. You know, why not? Why not? I enjoy it with. I play with with friends in Europe, so that's how we, you know. Oh, okay, uh, remote, okay, remote good. Play and, um, connect and all of that. So no, I hear you on that. Cool. All right, so all yeah. right, so we we will stick closely with games we've been playing. Uh, as you can, as you guys can see, I've been playing Elden Ring myself. Uh, last week, I spent time going, what is wrong with people? Why is why are they all through the looking glass? Why is the hive mind, you know, taking over? Everybody's like, it's the game of the year. It's it's a masterpiece. And then I started playing it. Now, this this is on PC. I have a, another build that I'm running on, on Xbox. And I got to say, although I kind of get the moment to moment, I get it now. I still, I'm, I'm still like, really? Like, perfect score? I, I'm, mm. And we'll get we'll get further into that, you know. I, I'm still playing it, and I'm still I'm still liking it, you know. Uh, as of right now, this character, this w w the, the 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 gameplay hero class, watching, uh, yeah, hero class, yeah. The, uh, I have a hero class on PC, and I'm running a samurai in on on, uh, on Xbox. Uh, the hero is very early days, like literally the beginning. And the Xbox uh, the Xbox class, I think I'm at like level 37 now, and basically. The, the best way I think I can describe this game is this is Super Ghouls and Ghosts. This is this is uh, uh, um, uh, Golden Axe. You know, think of all the old games that used to be really hard. Mega Man. You know, very uh, very hard to reach games until you 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 get past it, right? In your own skill set, not necessarily XP or not necessarily oh the the game now lets you do more. But it's almost like you get used to the game and start understanding its systems, so then you do better, right? It's not a game that gets better over time. It's a game that forces you to get better over time. That's this. It's just an evolution of that. My my issue still with it is the fact that. In addition to the difficulty, which the difficulty is the difficulty, you know, it is what it is. The game itself fights against you to, to, to understanding its systems. Oh, here's a ring. It'll allow you to get, well, okay, I'm even putting the cart before the horse. Uh, <laughs> I see what I did there before I, I didn't even try to do it. So there's a place where you get a horse in this game, right? And the thing is, if you don't go there specifically at the time or if you don't take the specific action you will not know to get your horse and you will be walking around this world for hours without knowing that you need to get a horse or i mean obviously you know that people people have been playing there's horses right you don't know how to get it you just don't know how to get it and until you do a certain thing right and realistically it's easy enough to to do this thing everborn please you've been playing it wholeheartedly tell me i'm ridiculous right you can miss um. the horse Am I wrong? Uh, no. Well, here's the thing. You can't really miss the horse, and, okay. I, and I'll tell you why. It, you have to... It's like at the second site of grace you go to. Yes. And a lot of people think that um, you have to go to a specific one. You don't. It's every you, se any second one you go to. Right. And, and, you, and the whole game, like, you have to go to a site of grace... Because that's where you; those are your save points. Yeah, I get right. That. Those are your fast travel points. See, see, but, but so, see, this is the thing. That's an assumption, right? 
if you are a newbie to this to the genre right let's say and, and this is a big hypothetical on my part right because if you walk into the game and you know what you're doing, right? No, <laughs> no, no. Slow Mo's in the chat and he has he wants to get some revenge because oh, he admitted on his own show uh -huh. that Horizon was so good that he wanted to play it in the living room. And what does that say? The living room is the best place to play. <laughs> oh, I remember it. and you admitted okay, it okay, and okay, you better delete that on. video. <laughs> Bring all move the on. smoke you want, sir. I so, see you and I'm watching you and I'm ready. But anyway, so 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 to to my point, here's here's uh Mr. Joe Henry Doc's comment. And by the way, welcome, good sir. He says he missed a horse at first because he was just running around hunting. You see my point? If the horse is necessary, you may go through through your game and go, okay, I know what a what a what a, a place of grace is or whatever, and just keep it moving. And then you'll only get to it when you really feel like you need it. Oh my goodness, I've run out of uh, 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 uh flasks. I've run out of health. I need it. Maybe three hours in, and then you discover. Holy crap, I could have gotten my horse four hours ago. Like, ridiculous. That is a bad game make game design decision. Making making a, a mandatory item a choice. It's um, just nuts. <laughs> but I mean that but that's a perspective, right? Okay. Like that that's not like it, it could be viewed as a bad thing, but some other people might see that and say, Wow, the game really, um, and again, listen, I'm not, like, I didn't come here to apologize for Elden Ring yeah, today, because you know, now you're trying to justify you, it. Go you, ahead. you know how it is, but <laughs> I'm starting to understand, right? And so the question that we have to ask ourselves, and I don't have an answer on this, mm -hmm. but but playing it more has made me, you know, ask this question, and, and, and I think it's a, I think it's a good thing, right? Meaning, do we, does the game need to meet us as the player every time? Or are there are some games where you need to meet the game where it's at, right? And and what what this game is, and also like before I even go on to that next point, um, you know, the the I think the beauty here and why this is sort of a zeitgeist game, it, it, it I think I think it highlights that there isn't really open world fatigue. There's lazy open world fatigue, sure. and it's just like with superhero movies, like right. You can see uh, like when no effort was put into a superhero movie, mm -hmm. but then you know, um, No Way Home comes out or Infinity well, War comes way. out, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And it's a, and it's not that it's not those movies aren't successful, and these games aren't successful just because they're superhero movies or just because they're open world. They're op they're successful because they actually are well executed, right? And I think this is an example of a well executed open world. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So so now uh, back to the question, this game really allows you to play it the way you want, right? And so what I'm seeing is I was very frustrated with this game last week when I first played it because I walked out, I didn't know what was going on. There's no hand holding, none uh, none of it is intuitive. I don't care what anyone tells you. And it's then, only intuitive. And then your boy told you about that boulder in that place where you can get that thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm coming to that. I'm coming to that. Um, but the, 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 the this idea sort of that um, it, it doesn't tell you and it's not intuitive at all. And a lot of the improvements that they've made are only sort of noticeable and appreciated if you are a Souls player. Like all that still exists, that's still true. However, what the game does allow you to do is say, hey, 
we're not gonna sort of uh tone down the difficulty for you but if this is a world that you can get into and we can give you enough to do right the idea that you could roam around this open world for three hours before you figured out like the most basic thing could be looked at as a positive so you can really? basically <laughs> level yourself up uh -huh. until the game doesn't feel as uh daunting right like i literally leveled up to 30 before i even started going attempting to do anything to do with the story or go anywhere but there's really and then I ran into somebody else who beat me, and I was like, you know what? I'm going back. I'm going to go level up to 50. And now I can walk around the world mm -hmm. with confidence. This doesn't mean I'm one-shotting everyone, but I, I do walk around the world, and I don't feel like it has to be a stealth game. Okay. And I, okay. think, I think that that there's something special for that. Hey, man, there's a lot of boulders. But the point is... <laughs> so, Tay, so that you know what, what's going on here, right? So this game... I'm sure you know. Brutal game. Brutal. Like, it's unforgiving, right? Sometimes you walk in the world and the first dude you meet, one shot, bam, you out. Like, that's it. You walk into the wrong spot, you see the wrong dude, that's the end of your game, right? That's just it. You're dead, right? Uh, uh, of course, it being a zeitgeist, a zeitgeist game, everybody's talking about it, everybody's discovering things. Someone discovered that in a part of this world, right, which the map is monstrous, huge map, in a part of this world, there is a boulder that if you're walking down a, a specific narrow hall, uh, uh, lane, the boulder, huge, kind of like Indiana Jones boulder chasing you situation, it'll come right after you, right? And if you happen to be on a horse and you run the other way, you you cross the path, the boulder falls, and you get like what, 2,000 credits? 2,000, something like that? 1,900. 1,900, 1900 something like that credits, right? So people have been able, oh, that's a possibility? All right, well, I'll get, I'll lose the boulder, reset, lose the boulder, reset, lose, and keep getting credits. credits. It's and the then, jump kick sweep of open world games. <laughs> it's basically, and for those who know Destiny, it's the loot cave of, of, of Elden Ring. So people have literally been spending, like, days just doing this grind of avoid the boulder, get some credits. Avoid the boulder. You know, the, the, the crazy thing is... um. Whenever you go, um, whenever you make an open world game, this is always going to happen. I think it's something that's pretty much unavoidable. The question I would always have for these guys is that why would anyone even do that in the first place? Why would you ruin that experience for yourself? You know, I know people who've said, oh, I can't wait to break this game. And my reaction is why? Like, what, what enjoyment do you get from being able to like finish a game in four hours, a game that was well, designed well, to be finished in like 40 hours or so. To be fair, to be fair, this mm -hmm. game, those who have beaten it the right way, they've, yep. they've beaten it after 100 hours, and they say half of the world still has not been discovered after that 100-hour mm -hmm. beating, okay? So it seems that when you when you raise your level, right, your, your hits are... With every level that you raise, you get to allocate... Uh, 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 yeah. points to various your strength your dexterity all of that so the idea being after you hit a certain level then those guys who you used to run away from you no longer run away from that you can walk around and you know be a bit more of a man in that world rather than getting mm -hmm. smacked around all the time you know what i'm saying otherwise yeah. you have to do it like i'm doing it right now which is sneak up on everybody and hit, hit them in the back otherwise you know anyone yeah. at any time can end you 
easily if you're not careful. But you know that's a that's a design of the game, isn't it? True. You know, you know, True. like when I was playing Dark Souls, mm-hmm. um, I didn't think it was necessarily difficult per mm-hmm. se. I'm sure it is, but my my thinking was that I don't have enough respect for the enemies. Mm-hmm. I don't have time to you know to learn the you know the details of the game. So I just put it down. It's it's not a game for me per se. Mm-hmm. So in, in that case, that's just that. I just don't play these so, souls like um, souls like games. So he's so, saying so, so, in so, the so, eloquent so. way possible, get good, son. <laughs> well, yeah. no, no, but, yeah. but I think get yeah, really think, good. I think the 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 I guess point I'm trying to make here is for people that feel like the game is inaccessible because it it's not it's not accessible because you start like literally a dog or a bat can kill you uh, when you first start the game. And it is very off-putting, right? You you don't feel sort of, um, you don't feel like a hero. You don't feel like a warrior. You feel like someone who is just creeping around, trying not to get hit. And it, 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 it can be not fun and really feel unfair. Right, so the idea is well, if that, you that's, feel that's that also way, because you're used to you're used to games holding your hand for as much as much as games do now. No, but holding your hand is one thing. Locking you into animations and not having you be fast enough to you know attack someone and have a fair you know one on one fight or one on whatever fight is is two different things. I, I I do think they still need to do a better job at onboarding, but again, the game becomes different. You, the game is a completely different thing, and it does feel like more like Breath of the Wild when you feel like regular enemies you can fight. It's not like you can level up to the point where you're going to walk up to a boss and one-shot him the way that goddamn um, um, Tree Sentinel did to me, which that was the beginning of my supervillain origin story, uh, and I only started leveling up so I could go back and fight him and, fight and actually game. start the game. So the point is, I like this idea that um, we're not going to tone the world down, but there are many things. The boulder is just one exploit. They put those there on purpose. It's not, It's. I, I realize this now, it's not a bug, right? It's a feature because there's a dragon that's laying somewhere on the map and it is so huge. I mean, like the size of the of the uh, the, the, the world serpent in, in God of War. And he's just sleeping. And you can go, and it'll take you like a half hour, but you can just keep attacking him, and he'll never wake up, and you'll get 80,000 rooms, right? So so the idea is you explore, level yourself up so you can walk around this game and actually have fun. It will still take you skills to beat the Tree Sentinel and all the other bosses, and there are dragons everywhere, there's dangerous things ready to kill you, but it, you, you, I think it's important to take it upon yourself to level up to where you can walk around the world and just have a fight with the soldier. So and not Mr. Have Joanna to Dark chooses to tell you to stop playing this game like a Sonic game. Because it is not a Sonic game. <laughs> Let the Sonic slander yeah, begin early. <laughs> I, got a, I, got, I got a question for you guys. Please, right? go ahead, um, yes. Do you think the complaints in terms of like, you know, something like, like, like what you just said there about them um, with the horse situation, mm-hmm. Do you think these are what Souls fans expect from an open world game? Like to them, this is the definition of if a Souls-like game was an open yeah, world game. Yeah. Or do you think a lot of complaints are coming from people who are just getting into this Souls-like game? So honestly, I think I think that that uh, FromSoft kind of combined two things to make it a challenge, if you will. And and Soulsborne gamers 
have taken it upon themselves to appreciate that challenge, right? I don't mind the difficulty challenge. That's a different conversation, right? Some people say there should be an easy mode. Some people say this and that. That is a conversation that I, I'm not necessarily w wanna have because like like everyone has said, uh, is saying and correctly, these challenges are there for you to overcome, right? And you can overcome them if you spend the time necessary to get there. I honest, and, and I, I've never had a problem with, with FromSoft going that route. My issue is certain learned gaming languages. Like we, we as gamers have learned over the years of gaming that there are certain protocol we follow, certain language that we listen to. And From has taken it upon themselves to obscure from that challenge, uh, from that language, all in the name of challenge. Oh, not only is this game hard, we're also gonna give you a finger and tell you to figure it out. What does the finger do? Well, you're gonna have to figure that out. You know, you know that part is where I'm going, come on, that's a cheap, that's cheap, right? That is, that is like keeping people from connecting with your game. Even if it's hard as nails, let it be hard as nails. But tell me this is a potion, right? And show me how to easily equip it. Make it easy for me to understand the language of your game and then make it hard as nails. Okay, they choose both. Both hard as nails and we won't explain a damn thing. We will let you stumble your way through this world and potentially, you know, miss the forest for the trees, if you will, because that's part of it. And I don't, me personally, uh, that second part of it is more, more, egregious to me than the first part of it which is the difficulty because the difficulty can be overcome you know what i mean especially in a world where we live in a world where there have been many games of this type and there will continue to be many games of this type and they don't follow that mod model they can still have a very hard game while still saying hey this is a potion you drink it because you need to drink it otherwise you'll die well thank you game for telling me this is a potion rather than expecting me to figure it out or like uh, recently i just got myself uh, everborn you know this I, I just got myself uh the the, the wolves right oh yeah. you now get the wolves i equip the wolves i still can't use them i don't know if there's a meter that has to go that has to go full no you have to assign it to the pouch you have to I, go i have assigned so it to me... my pouch i have you press triangle you, you press uh, uh uh y and it shows you your pouch capabilities one of them is call your horse. Another one is this, I've, I've assigned it. And I've assigned that wolf to the bottom one. Still, it looks gray and can't be used. I'm sure there's a reason why it can't be used, but the game won't tell me why it can't be used. Well, and hold on a minute. <laughs> hold on a minute, it does, yeah. right? It um, because it'll tell you maybe you don't have enough uh, of whatever uh, stat to use it. Because like right now, I, got, I have a magic ability that I got uh, and it's my first one and it's throwing a projectile or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I actually had to level my intelligence up to 10 to be able before to I could use it. Okay. And now I leveled up my intelligence to 10 mm -hmm. and I still can't use it. I don't know why. Right. But, this but is the, part I have the a thing is with. one, one thing with this game though, that I'm noticing is, and we tend to do this a lot because we will be reminded later in games. Mm -hmm. They show you a bunch of text. And you're like, yeah, I'll yeah, figure yeah, that out yeah, later. But they right. expect you to read every single one of yes. them. Yes. <laughs> if you don't read it that first time, they will never tell They'll you never again. They'll never tell you again. That's right. So, That's so right. the question again is, do you, like, is that our fault? For are they trying to tell us, hey, maybe you shouldn't skip past this stuff? 
And maybe you should pay attention look, to what we're telling you. Look, man, we live in a world of EULAs. Who reads the damn EULA? You, you, you I, yada, I get yada, it. Yada, and you keep I, it moving. I get it. Now, here's another problem, though. What what I feel like nobody's talking. You can't pause this game. No. Which is and it's not a live ridiculous. service game. You know the only the only place you can pause this game? The only place. At a site of grace. No. On a Steam Deck. Only place this game is pausable. Because you can put it in suspend mode. Every other version of the game cannot be paused, whether you're on PC, on console, whether you're playing offline, can't pause it. Steam Deck lets you pause it. Only only one. Ridiculous. Well, Why thing. can't here's you pause the game? Why doesn't game? quick resume work? Uh, it does in certain No, it doesn't. It well, because you it's out online of only. It's online only, right? Remember, that's why you can't pause it. Because, you know... But it's they, not online. It's not. They've pseudo-made it online. Yeah. I don't know. It's it, uh, it's Just a quick one. Is that a please. design choice or is that a mistake? I feel like it's a bug. It's a design I, choice, but I, we feel like it's a mistake. <laughs> because... A so the thing with me and this game is like if um if they're making these these decisions based on design and you know they want you this is their take on you know what a souls like open world game is they're making everything difficult on purpose then i'm i'm fine with that i'm good with that yeah um but i think it's the difference is like you know because not being able to pause the game seems like a bug to me that's it's weird strange. it's weird especially a game that has co-op if you choose right and people will leave notes in the world to help you and that's the online aspect of it it's not like a destiny world where you there's a bunch mm -hmm. of folks running around all the time it should be possible there is no reason why there's nothing that i can see that justifies it not being possible right nothing absolutely nothing another one of those weird weird situations but okay so we i, I we, feel like they could have worked their way around it i don't know i, I think so too like if uh, you have someone in your world and you pause it i get it but yes. if nobody's in my world, I Why should, should be I able to pause this. A single-player game. I'm just saying, it's weird to to check your inventory to go. You gotta go hide in the bushes. God forbid somebody come after you while you're in there checking your your stats. You know, it's it's very strange. Well, the but, good thing is they're uh, smart enough to say if you're at a site of grace, no one will come bother you. Okay, yeah, that's true. That's true. That is true. I'll give you that. And I'll and you could be like in the middle of a battle. You run to the side of grace. You sit there, and then and you then, come out of it. Yeah. Like everybody's gone. They're 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 minding their own business. But there so, are very smart smart aspects to this game. I'm just pointing out, like we're still all playing it, right? We we spent last week complaining about why is it that this thing this thing is getting such rave reviews, and I still have, and and I, I will get into more of the review side of the house in a little okay. bit, but. So, we are definitely playing it now. So there's one there's one other thing I want to uh, ask, uh, sure. you know, you guys and also the the chat and mm -hmm. the, everyone who watches this later, right? You know, I was a part of the you know Halo discourse where I'm saying like they made a Halo ass Halo game, mm -hmm. and they're making it for the people that have been playing Halo for 20 years, and they made these things better and don't talk to me about time to kill not being what it is in call of duty or battlefield because this is halo and they're being true to it while still advancing um the 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 game and and the world and the and the mechanics to fit today's standards so i feel like very much in the way halo infinite has done that with their gameplay loop advancing while still staying true to the feeling of what it is and i'm not a souls player so i can't tell you this but from everyone that is a souls player tells me this you're is the case something you're a souls player bro 
I'm just saying. I guess so. But but my point is, you know, shouldn't isn't there something to be said or to be commended about? Listen, I get what the rest of the industry is doing, but we are saying this is this is a souls game, and we're going to do things that that make it. not adapting to the most casual player. We're going to say this is what we are. We're owning what we are and we're going to we're going to just really focus on that mm-hmm. and that will bring people over and that'll make the world adapt to us instead of. You know, it's kind of that like Captain America thing. It's like you you know, you move. I I'm I'm the rock here. Mm-hmm. Right? I, so, I see what you're saying. I do. I see what you're saying. And and by and large, I agree with that sentiment. It's just some of the decisions made just seem like they've made different decisions for a different decision's sake rather than making it better, right? And maybe that's that's because every game so far like speaks to a broader audience and this is speaking more to the niche audience that appreciates this type of game design. And to, to, to be fair to FromSoft about this, you know, the reason why this is the way it is is not necessarily because of From, but it's because of all of the media around it and all the reviews around it. And we'll talk about that. We'll double back and talk about the reviews around you, it in, in, later in the show. You know what this reminds me of, by the way? The the reason there is still uh, puppets and animatronics in Star Wars, even though technology has advanced has so advanced far, far it's just yeah, like yeah, the yeah. crazy Star Wars fans are like, I like puppets. So now we got to be in Boba Fett looking at a cantina with these stupid Fraggle Rock looking puppets okay, okay, that make no down. sense. Calm down. Any- okay, calm down. Calm down. <laughs> you know, I would um I would agree with everything uh, you just said because, you know, when I when I first played the Souls like game, you know, uh, one of my guys he's really into it, and I was just looking at him like I I don't have time for this. I can't do this. So he, he he's he's a fan. You know, that's him. I recognize these games are for him. So when it comes to Elden Ring, I'm really looking at people like that first of all. Like, you know, what do you guys think about the games? You know, it's, um, it's is this them. the definition of us? Yeah. Exactly, it's for them. And anybody who comes in and starts to say, "Well, change this, do this, do that way," my question is, "Well, were you a fan mm-hmm. in the first place?" Um, to make a game like this, you know, when the industry is probably telling you, "No, make it um, easier. You're gonna sell more copies. Maybe throw mm-hmm. guns in there. You're gonna you're gonna sell more copies. You know, conform to what everybody wants." And for them to say. No, we're gonna make our games like this. You know, it might not sell well, but we're gonna do what we want to do because this is how this is our vision. And when they sell, you know, copies upon copies, and then you know they start to bring in new people, but I think you can't expect them to change. I mean, why would we expect them to change now? No, you're, you know, you're I mean, they're selling right. way more copies you're than before. Right. And, and actually, that's um, too, the point I was trying to make before. This is not From's problem. They just made what they made. It's just the the media and the gaming outlets that we follow tend to not speak in nuance they tend to go blanket statement this is the greatest game ever if you say that then it's expected to reach a broader audience not the deep cut that this is meant for so then a lot of people jump in and a bunch of folks go this isn't breath of the wild slash from soft no this is dark souls with a bit of an open world like it, it no, I, gives... but see i disagree with that like once you level up it really does feel like breath of the wild well but but that's that's most of from soft games right you have to level up leveling up that part of the puzzle is not just a yada 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 that's a big part of the game 
life, right? You 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 just found the boulder to level up yourself faster, but under normal circumstances, and I appreciate that they put that there. People are working, and people who don't find that are working hours upon hours, banging their heads against the proverbial CG uh, 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 gameplay AI wall to then eventually get to where you got there quickly, right? And because of that, so, so I, I go ahead, Tim. I was gonna say I didn't see the boulder part uh-huh. then, but are you sure that's not a glitch? It's not. They they put it in there on purpose. They re- definitely did. Because there's a lot of things that in there that are yeah, like that. That are like that. And okay. they put a boulder there, and then there's a sign of grace, like a safe spot, right next to it, which almost begs you. See this thing? You can farm it. Come here, save, do it again, save. They they basically put the pieces together for you to do that. It's just. I, I can see how that can be seen as cheesing a little bit because more what you're supposed to do earnestly in the game is walk around, beat up some bats, let them kick your butt until eventually you get to a, to a higher level hours and hours in where your, your stats are able to progress enough to where you can beat those big bosses now, right? But before that, and, and, bats can kill you even. And there's a double-edged sword to this, right? Be, because I leveled up in the way that I did, like, I still don't have the combat down, right? right. Like, I shared a video the other you day. Still I just don't know fought... which, which, which guys can now beat you easily and which guys you can beat easily because you haven't tested your metal against them. Right. And, and, like, I went and I beat that giant that you come up to in the first one, mm-hmm. in the early part of the game. And I beat him just because I had so much strength and health. Mm-hmm. I'm just taking arrows. Like, I don't care. You know what I'm saying? And I'm knocking him down. But I'm not actually learning how to fight. Right, and so when you do it the other way, your combat skills become a lot better. That's you right. learn to parry a lot better. You learn mm-hmm. to, to dodge and roll and stick and move. Yeah. So it it's it's a double edged sword because now I'm going to some bosses and I have the strength and health to kill them, mm-hmm. but I'm just not good enough combat wise. So and that's going to take me going through the game and and testing my metal. Actually fighting folks to, to get there. Okay. Yeah. We'll get back. Were these kind of exploits in the previous game? I've never played a Souls game. There have always been weird secrets, not exploits necessarily, but there's always been a way of fudging stuff in in the the previous games. Not this, uh, not this blatant, but they've always been kind of. Because like, if you if you watch people like beat Dark Souls quickly, like they they do speed runs, they exploit so much of the game to to get that to to do that as quickly as they do. I mean, on, on, on that point, it's, you know, it, it is, for me, I, I just stay away from that. Um, as soon as I see something that can make me overtake or okay, overcome yeah. something in an easier way, nah, I'm, I'm not down for that. Because I'm saying to myself, I, I paid 60 bucks for yeah. this game. I want to, like, you know, enjoy yeah. it as much as possible. I'm not about Although to finish this game I, in, like, 20 hours to you, though, exploit. Even with exploits, this game is still brutal as heck. Like, it is brutal. It really is. So I suspect that's probably the reason why they saw that that ex- exploit is capable and they thought, ah, leave it in the game anyway. It won't make you Superman. It'll just make you walk around with a bit more confidence. You can still get your butt handed to you easily in this game, even, right. and, even and with e- high stats. You know, Even so. in terms of like uh, time to beat it, like, mm-hmm. like I'm not, I'm only, I haven't fought, like Slomo just said it in the chat, and it's true. Uh, I haven't fought the first major boss yet, and I've, I'm like 18 hours into the game, mm-hmm. just doing things to to sort of level up until I have the confidence to go to go and um, to fight that 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 first major boss. So you're not safe, like you're not getting out of this game in less than 100 hours, no matter what you do. You know uh, what I mean? So, gentlemen, we are 45 minutes in and into the Elden so, Ring Circle. We have so far turned into the Elden Ring Circle podcast, which. 
I refuse to continue moving forward with. We will come back to it because there's the reviews part of it and, and reviews in general is a broad topic I want to get into as our main discussion. Oh, by the way, I was telling you about this, uh, Evergorn. I walked into the catacombs, some Wolverine dude, one, two, I was done. It was not even a question. You can't even see him. He's so dark. <laughs> this is the game. Basically, you walk into a cave just to find your doom and then figure it out as you go along. We're moving along, though. Let us get into some news, top, news topics because there are some interesting things that I would like to discuss, and then we'll head back to the whole reviews thing as a whole. All right. So let, let's start first and foremost with, and these are all light topics, but I suspect they will get us to, to different places of conversation because myself and Everborn have been having these kind of conversations for a little bit, and these news stories are kind of lending them their way there. Uh, the first thing that I found that, that I thought was quite interesting was that Microsoft Flight Simulator can now be played solely in the cloud. Like, it's been part of Game Pass for a long time. You have a PC, you can run it. We have, I have a, a relatively decent PC. It's a monster rig. I have a monster rig. And it can run it barely. Uh, Everborn also has a simulated spec monster rig, and it can run it barely. And now, then, it, then the Series S came out, and it became the only way to play this game that some people played their whole lives at a much cheaper rate. And now it's literally in the cloud that anyone and everyone can play it. And what this does is this effectively makes this next-gen game, which no one could deny is a next-gen game, playable on Xbox One. OG Xbox One. Now you can literally boot up Xbox One and play Flight Sim, you know, a game that required a $4,000 PC to get decent frame rates from. I will start with you, Tay. Have you played this game before? Uh, beyond just the idea of of it being available through mobile, do you see what is the ramifications in your mind when you hear that this game, the game that that has flight yokes, people people set up their whole houses for Flight Simulator, and now it can be played off of a simple cell phone out of a browser? What are your thoughts? I think it's huge. Um, to be honest, I think this was Microsoft's like when I was thinking about okay, what's Microsoft gonna do next gen wise? I always assumed XCloud was gonna be a big part of that, and of course, Game Pass. Um, the idea, the ability to basically reach like I mean, like Phil, Phil has said it a few times. You know, he wants to reach billions and billions of gamers or whatever, and this is this is how it's gonna happen. Um, I'll send one of my guys as well the same thing that if you were to get Game Pass on xCloud then basically you're going to get into the ecosystem you don't really need a console at all um, my I got on I got into the Xbox ecosystem some time ago and I got in through um, Game Pass on xCloud I didn't even need to go buy an Xbox One I didn't need to go buy a Series X or S and that's a huge selling point now I haven't um, played Flight Simu um, Simulator but that's it right there um, the fact that I can do that now yeah I'm going to get it um, yeah, basically, I'm going to introduce my friends to it potentially. So um, it, it, it's 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 been coming now. XCloud itself isn't necessarily great. If you were to ask anyone who's into the into the um, the cloud space, they'll tell you it's not the best. You know, they probably say Stadia has better um, streaming capabilities, GeForce Now as well. But the fact is, XCloud, XCloud is getting better, and there's going to be a point where they're going to be probably the top dogs in that region. And I think that, that's it right there. It's not about the consoles anymore, really. I mean, at least not, at least in the future. Um, it's going to be about, you know, the, the cloud um, element of it. And what games can you play? Can you play um, a flight simulator on your mobile phone, on your fridge, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. So this is huge, but this is something that was always going to come. Um, 
you know, it makes you wonder what's gonna what what the industry is gonna be like in 20 years from now. Um, if it, if it's like this now, what's it gonna look like 25, 30 years from now? A console is it gonna be just reduced? Yeah. Uh, because like I said, I got back into the Xbox ecosystem for my mobile phone, playing um, Scarlet Nexus with xCloud. So 20, 30 years from now, when the inf- internet infrastructure gets better. How's it going to look? Well, so I and I know like there's kind of a lack of uh, faith in, and this is not political at all, but uh, lack of faith in a lot of, you know, uh, in the in the in the sort of um, ISP provider, mm-hmm. uh, and just like you know, um, uh, push from from local governments to take internet infrastructure seriously. Yep. But if you look at where we were. 10 years ago ago, to where we are now in terms of internet connection, it is, it's night and day, right? So who's to say it'll even be 20 years, right? Maybe maybe 10 years from now, right? Because listen, 10 years ago, how many, I I know it's not like, not like the greatest that it could be, but 10 years ago, how many people had gigabit before, before today? True, true, true. Ten years ago, a luxury, a luxury right. for, for high-end consumers. Yes, indeed. Right, and 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 ten years ago, what what upload download speeds were you getting on your mobile devices? Right. So it, you know, I I, I tend to think it won't even be 10, 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, so. and one one piece of the puzzle that that this opens up that most people don't think of. More than most, this game, if you download every piece of it, because there's the download part and then there's the streaming part, right? There's, there's, you have to download a big swath of the game. And if you, if you choose to play more in Europe, you have to download specific European maps, if you, uh, European uh, 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 airports. If you, any other region you want to play, you want to download those airports. When all is said and done, you're talking upwards of like 140 gigs of storage. Which, in certain instances, won't even fit on the Series S, uh, Series S uh, hard drive, if, if you, among other games, right? It is a big download, a big game, and now it's on, in the cloud, and you don't have to, like, when I wanted to play Flight Sim on my PC, I had to hit the download button and then go away for about two, three hours for it to download everything. And in, in addition to downloading the first piece of it, then you go into the store and then you download the upgraded version of the airports, which also takes many hours and you go off and you go do something. If you say, hey, my PC is empty and I want to play Flight Sim, you have to bake in at least four or five hours of download time just to get the games on your hard drive, have it all installed and configured before you can play. This is just hit a button, streams to the cloud, you're playing. Obviously, fidelity is lost, some, but we live in a Netflix world. Who puts in a Blu-ray anytime they want to watch The Matrix? Most people don't do that. So it's only most people of... also don't watch The Matrix these days, which is well, a prime you know, but, game. But that's but, you know, that, that's that's just that's neither here nor there. You know, I'll stand on my square till I die. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but what do you think, Everborn? This thing is now. Well, I was, I was gonna say real. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say like, just on the point you made there, and what mm-hmm. Everborn said is, um, relation to time. You're right because so when I was playing, um. I was trying out Stadia and I was playing Hitman and I asked um, my, my flatmate to come over and check it out and so I, I just gave it to him and he started playing it and he never knew at any point that we were actually, that he was playing a game on the cloud and then I told him that was Google Stadia right there and his response was okay it's here then like streaming games is here because I didn't even know it was any different now he's not crazy into like the, the frames per se and he's not, gonna, he's not that detailed into it 
But the fact that like there's already services providing that kind of quality yeah. already, um, I I see the point when you, when you're saying that like you know it might not be ten to twenty years. I just I just don't think XCloud is necessarily there yet in terms of quality because I'm pretty sure if I gave it him an XCloud game, he would tell the difference straight away. It when it when game, it does get to that point, well, have you have you tried uh, XCloud console streaming? So like so. Mm. I, so I did. Um, I noticed it. I noticed the difference. Um, because maybe because I'm coming from. So when I play Google Stage, it's pretty yeah. good. And I know the the community says GeForce Now is amazing. Is. Yes, I, so I'm an X Cloud is normally the one below that. Yeah, so so it, no, no. For me, like um, my barometer for X Cloud is can I play Doom Eternal? And it's not there yet, right? Like if I'm playing Dragon Quest XI, it's great, it's fine. Even even Streets of Rage Four, mm-hmm. and Ori, those are fine. Um, games that don't require this sort of low latency and, and input precision, you know, you can get away with it. But I, I I agree that it's not it's not there in terms of of latency, and you can feel it. And you know, maybe maybe Stadia is better. I, I tried Destiny Two. On, on Stadia, and it was good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by and large, I don't think um, so anyone's I, I there. Latency is the biggest problem with this. It's I not even like the f- visual fidelity. The reason why Stadia is better is because Stadia is doing to, to bandwidth what YouTube is doing to 4K. Like, it's there, and when you see it to your eye, it's 4K. But when you compare it 4K to real 4K, mm-hmm. there's a lot of compression there. But, as we've already established, we live in a Netflix world. Even though they say it's 4K and it's not real 4K, it's good enough for your eyes to not be able to discern the difference. So because of that, you know, Stadia is is broadly seen as a better service. And it is. It really is. I've tested them all out. Even You know, I played... um... I played Cyberpunk. I, I finished Cyberpunk on Stadia. Um, I played Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order on Stadia. Um, and it, it was really yeah. good. Like, you couldn't really tell yeah, at all right. yeah. um, the difference. I've, I've done tests at, like, certain airports in Amsterdam, mm-hmm. in London. Um, and Stadia tends to do really well there. xCloud doesn't. Yes. It kind of falls apart yeah. a little because, bit. Because Stadia so, had their, their European data centers closer to you guys at that time mm-hmm. than uh, Azure's cloud services were. The thing right, because they're the, utilizing the YouTube data centers yes, for Stadia, right? Exactly. And, and those are everywhere. So if they're you can everywhere. watch a clear YouTube video in the airport, you should be yes. able to play. Um, My point exactly. But they're also applying the same compression ratios to Stadia that they are, they are applying to, to YouTube. You know, YouTube, you see 4K. You have never seen an actual 4K stream on YouTube. Because if you did, it would kill your bandwidth. They strip it so much of all of its data, but keep just enough for your eye to see, hey, this is 4K, depending on what we have defined as 1080p and 720p. But at the end of the day, though, it doesn't matter because it works perfectly, right? And that's one thing that Google has that most of the other services don't. They've been able to strategically place their data centers for mass usage, right? Uh, uh, um, the only one that's bigger and broader than than uh, uh, Azure is, believe it or not, Amazon, right? But their strategic location placement is not as good as Google's is. So that's the reason why YouTube, you can see your 4K even on your phone. And let's be honest, we're not actually watching 4K. 
But it doesn't matter because it looks like it's 4K on your iPhone. But but again, I I I think the like we do need to get there in terms of visual fidelity. But I don't think that's people's hang up with cloud gaming, right? It's, if they, it's if more they the can latency. Yes, if yeah. I think if they can deliver a solid or at least a perceived mm-hmm. uh, 1080p stream, mm-hmm. I think people would be fine with that. It's the latency that's the problem that's taking this thing uh, from being a cool concept to reliably being able to use it the way you use video streaming. Mm-hmm. And and and, uh, and uh, I see folks having chats, uh, having conversations in the chat. Uh, thank you guys for continuing the conversation. I see Victor Alistine saying, and, and also Stadia games are cloud native. The problem with Stadia games are they are not built for Stadia. They are usually built for PC, and then Google has to talk them into creating a an, uh, an Android version. Well, not Android, but a Linux version of it, which is what uh, uh, Google Stadia backs. And that's the reason why you don't get a, as much games as you can on other, other subscription services, because... They have to actually port it to to Linux before the game is playable. Whereas, like your Luna and your and your and your obviously your Game Pass, they are Windows games and stay Windows games. So there's so anytime any developer makes them, all they do is literally it's turnkey, if you will, to make it accessible in the cloud. Yes, I know that Stadia think- is dead, but the service, the hardware, is not dead. And I bet you you will see it regurgitated to other service providers and they will be using the, the stadia as the back end tay please please you, you're gonna say you know I, I was um the thing is like the the cloud market is growing and it's i think it's a ripe for the taking i think if microsoft gets to that quality if they even if they get stadia like quality i think they need to push that because it's really that good it might not be for everybody you might need to kind of configure your internet sense a little bit but it is that good like i, I finished cyberpunk on it and it was great um what i will say as well is um you know, maybe you guys can answer this question. When when Microsoft and um, and Sony did that deal for Azure, right? And I was thinking to myself, okay, we, with Spartacus coming out, and you know, they're saying there's gonna be the streaming option where you can stream mm-hmm. games. I was wondering, with Google going towards more the white label side of things, would it not make sense so for Sony towards Google instead? partner with google because google isn't a threat anymore they're actually telling you like we're gonna give you a service and i know for a fact the problem is what what i just described the problem with google services is any game to be accessible from their back end has to be linux compatible that's the problem right and all games are made solely within the compatibility of windows there are some linux compatible games as well Uh, steam deck is another interesting way that problem is being solved all those games that are on Steam Deck are Windows games, but they're using Proton, which is the, the conversion layer, to let w- the Windows Windows uh, APIs speak to Linux. When, like, if it's, if it's something that's looking for Windows and looking for Windows to respond, that Proton layer converts it to Linux so that Linux can speak. And obviously, that has also brought about some other interesting things, things like anti-cheat software that runs inside, like, your destiny and your and your uh, Halo Infinite, things like that, won't run because that compatibility layer does not know how to translate that information. So even though technically that game can run because it's under Linux, it will not run because it does not, it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't adhere to the compatibility of the anti-cheat software, right? Problem with Google is any game at all that you want to put on their service needs to be full Linux native compatible, which means you have to enter the code 
port it to Linux before it works. And I don't think okay, that... So you're saying if, for example, if Sony wanted, uh, let's say, to put God of War, not not put it on you know the yeah. PC, but they just wanted God of War to stream yeah. to your mobile yeah. phone, they would have they to make have sure to it's Linux exactly. compatible. That is the, that's, okay, what stops, I get you now. that's what stops Google from, from achieving what they want to achieve. If they, the, the, the underlining hardware, the underlining technology is great. If they broaden their compatibility as far as operating system, they could win this. But they are, you know, they are, they are Google, they are Android, they are Linux. They refuse to speak with Windows. And because of well, that, they are hampered by this. Well, here's the thing. You, you, you use Windows and you have to pay for that licensing. And so it changes the, the cost structure for them. Yes. And, and that's sort of, I, I think, why they're moving in, well, in, but, in the but, direction they want to move. But, but, but that so being you, said. But what you're saying, though, that is for the end user, right? They themselves don't necessarily have to make their entire development environment Windows. They just have to make the, their their uh, Stadia technology Windows compatible, which they refuse to do. Doesn't I mean, mean sure, they to... but there may be reasons behind that, right? Sure, There's okay. a reason that they're that, that they have better latency, and it may not only be related to. Um, you know that they have more data centers closer to yeah. hotspots, whatever. And, but, but that being said, yeah. that being said, um, what we don't know is if what Sony's planning to do with their cloud streaming is it going to be PC ports mm-hmm. or will it be, um, you know, having to put, you know, work with whatever cloud provider they they're working with to put like PS5s in uh, server racks. In, and have the have it run from the cloud like that the way that Xbox did it because remember X Cloud right they now can't do that. Well, hold on a minute they can't do that Continue. hold on a minute so so you know X Cloud started it didn't start as we're running these things from PCs they literally put uh, Xbox One S's in, yes in, in, in but there's a reason why they can do that they are doing that because they're and and forgive the tech talk this will be a little bit of tech talk. The reason why Microsoft can do what they're doing and no others can do what they're doing is that Microsoft is running hypervisors. So they're running not directly, this is your console and this is the game running on the console. No, this is your console and it's a hypervisor. So there are virtual machines running on the console that think they are Xboxes, right? Every Xbox you own is a VMware, if you will. It's not VMware, obviously. It's Microsoft's own, own flavor. But it's a, a version of ESX, if you will, where it runs virtual machines on it. So if you plug this into a data center, you can run multiple instances of games at once from one console at the same time. It's cost-effective. Whereas if PlayStation were to do it, they would literally have to change their entire uh, operating system platform or they'd have to put twice as many consoles in the cloud because it would be one to one, one console to one user, which is not cost effective. Well, hold hold on a minute though. So you're telling me mm-hmm. that um, a Series X mm-hmm. can run um, two instances of mm-hmm. of uh, yes, flight depends. sim at it, once well, on well, one see, Series X. You see what I said? It depends on the game. Right. Obviously, Flight Sim, it will be one to one because Flight Sim is a monster of a game. But the way the operating system is built and put together from Xbox is it's a virtual machine. That's why when you put on a game that's a 360 game, you see the 360 logo splash up. When you put the OG Xbox in there, the OG Xbox logo splashes up. It's basically booting an operating system saying, oh, I am an Xbox One now. Oh, I'm a 360 now. Oh, I'm an OG Xbox now. 
even if you put it in the cloud, that's exactly what it does. They have virtualized all of their operating systems, including the new one, including the one that runs series games. So that's what tells you when the next crazy Xbox comes 10 years down the line, you'll still be able to play all your old games because all they have to do is just add that VM capability to the But then why would, they, why would they then need actual Series Xs in the server blades? Couldn't you just use regular sort of high-end yes. uh, servers yes, in the could. rack and have it? Yes, but then, you could. The reason why they're doing it this way is because it makes it as easy as possible for developers to build both console games and cloud games because they're the same thing. If you do it the way you're talking about, then there will always need to be different profiling because, oh, the cloud is a little different. No, the cloud is not different. The cloud is literally a console in the cloud. So when you developer are building, you don't have to adhere to any kind of console-like narratives or console-like protocols. You just build your console game as is, and they take care of the cloud part for you. So I'm going to go out on a limb here, and we don't know the specific details, and we may never know the specific details, mm -hmm. but I think whoever Sony works with, mm -hmm. it is going to involve them putting actual PS5s in the I cloud. I would love I, to see it, because I, that would I don't think they're going to say we're going to port machine. all our games to PC, and then that's how they'll be accessible via cloud. That would mean they're they are, they are adopting virtual machines, which would be major. major but they're major, doing this major, with Gaikai right now, no? No, Gaikai was a different beast. Gaikai, Gaikai was a uh, was a uh, what do you call it? A virtual environment in the cloud that you could then access, right? Same kind of idea. I get that. Gaikai is more kind of like PlayStation. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Nvidia Street, uh, Nvidia uh, GeForce Now, uh, like a virtual computer in the cloud that can then play and send your KVM key. Uh, 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 video keyboard mouse to your screen. It wasn't like hey, it's a VM and then here's another VM We'll spin it up like what what Microsoft is doing now is for for instance If you're playing you said you played Streets of Rage 4 if you're playing Streets of Rage 4 Like again like like you're saying it's all speculation But I've worked I work with this hardware in my day job So I kind of have an understanding of it I bet you can spin up three four versions of Streets of Rage on one machine because it doesn't require that much output from that machine, right? It's just a VM running Streets of Rage. And and like you've said, in the cloud, specifically games like Streets of Rage don't have don't require so much from the hardware. So it's more cost effective to run it off of one generic box and then somebody else is playing it, they run another version of it from that same generic box as long as it doesn't hit its its max throughput, right? That's the reason why you can do that and it's very smart because depending on the game you're running, if everybody's running Flight Sim, okay, but not everybody runs Flight Sim all the time. Some people run games that are very light. So you can run multiples from one box because it's all about virtual machines. But yes, we will we will continue I, on. I, well, uh, long, story, long story short, I think that whether they will go with Google or Microsoft, I think it will involve... I don't think they will have to I do PC to ports to run from mm -hmm. standard vanilla servers. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to put PS5 hardware on server racks at least to begin with to run their games in the cloud okay, that's so my you know assumption what? you know what i appreciate you saying that because that dovetails nicely into the next story okay and this is a little political talk but it's not really political talk it's it, we're framing it under the the guise of gaming everyone who's who's here knows what's going on in with russia and korea 
Oh, Korea and 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 uh, Ukraine. Shout out to them. Uh, we, we're keeping them in our thoughts. For those of you who are closely affected, you know we understand you. It's 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 crazy out there right now. And unfortunately, you know there are more important things to be talked about. But clearly, we want to frame all of this in, in the ga in the gaming lens. And what this news story contends is that due to the the the, the situation with Russia and the Ukraine. This will further strain U.S. chip supply and, and actually global chip supply even further than we initially thought, right? So the whole chip shortage that was, oh my God, you know, 2023, 2024, it might even be much longer now because a lot of those mines where those precious resources are gathered are in both Russia and in the Ukraine. So that, taking taken in, that into consideration, doesn't that then put more of an effort more of a uh more of a heavy pressure on the cloud if you want to keep the ball rolling because not a lot of people both uh, what you're saying everborn uh they're gonna put uh, ps5s in the cloud they may not be able to get enough ps5s to put in the cloud because even consumers can't buy them well, because of what, what, what's going on here what do you think of this so but i mean i i, I still like even if you're so to that end you know We've seen recently that, you know, during certain game launches, we've seen queues to get into game cloud, uh, xCloud games. And you know what right? I think that and, is, by the way, real quick? I think the reason why those queues are there is because a lot of people are playing heavy games. So then they can't double up on the hardware. They have to play it single hardware, and then you hit queues. Continue. Right. So... Because that's the case, mm -hmm. you know, even if we we can't like meet the demand for local hardware, Microsoft still then has to make a decision to say, well, we we also need to you know put more, we need need to create more server blades. So, mm -hmm. does that degrade the experience of 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 uh, XCloud? Because now it's like if if I want to when I want to watch a movie on Netflix, if it takes like 45 seconds to start i'm like i'm done i'm not i'm not even watching but, this you, anymore. but you've noticed so, that haven't you like there are, there are some times where you go and you'll find a game or a, a movie or a show that you want to watch on netflix but it's one of those movies or shows that not a lot of people watch and it takes much longer to boot it than all the others do and then i end up watching something else and i'm just right. saying as people begin to onboard into you know cloud only gaming mm -hmm. if people bombard that uh, right now, I don't know if on the back end Microsoft can sort of or can meet that uh, the the kind of demand of everybody correct. playing yes. online. So it's not just affecting local hardware, I think, because I think oh, they're, yeah. they're going to build out as well. <coughs> their server uh, yeah. footprint. Yeah, 100%. yeah I, I, I don't think they can hardware. either. Um, I yeah. think the the main thing here is 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 the option really. Um, I don't think they they're in that position where everyone if everyone goes cloud they're, they're gonna be able to um, accommodate that. But um, it's it goes to the idea of like if you have it anyway, then there's a potential consumer there. You know, um, I became a consumer just because I signed up to XCloud with um, with Game Pass. So I think that's really more the focus. Um, I am interested to see, you know, how they take it going forward. And of, of course, with the chip shortage, it's, it's not great for um, yeah, yeah. for the console industry. But um, I think it, it's a it's a great strategy. I think um, the Series S and X Cloud together, I think that's gonna be their trump card right now in this generation, anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know what? Because we, we because for some reason, sometimes I, I 
put these stories together to tell a good story, this dovetails well into this story, which is 20 years of Japan, of, of Xbox in Japan, and they've only sold 2.3 million consoles, which is something that people sell, what, for six months into a console life cycle? This is what they've done mm -hmm. in 20 years. But the reason why I bring this up is because it dovetails quite well into what Tay was talking about right now, whereas he got into the Xbox ecosystem without hardware, right? So if this was Ireland we were talking about, he'd be one of those who does not add to this 23 million, uh, 2.3 million, but he's still an Xbox gamer because he's doing it on his phone. And I honestly think that's where they're trying to, what they're trying to do with Asian markets, including Japan. I'll, I'll start with you, Tay. What, what do you think of this? They basically are, you know, and, and you'll see some of the, the hardware here. You see some of the, the, the hardware. The first console, it shot up to 1.6 billion. Xbox One, right back down. You know, they just aren't selling what they should sell in a, a global market sense, right? Even the Series X and S, which has done better than, than most have done in Japan, besides the Xbox, uh, without the PlayStation and, and the, play, play, uh, and the uh, Switch, they've only sold 142,000 units so far. Do you think that, like you, how you jumped in, ne not necessarily based on, on the box that then gets you into the console, do you think that this is their method moving forward to go, hey, we know you guys don't like our boxes, that's fine, you know, we have a phone for you, or we have your, your existing hardware, all you gotta do is sign up to the subscription, because they do play mobile games far more than, than than folks in the west do what, what's your opinion on 100 percent. i think um you know you, you can do the same thing again you can um, come out um, japan with consoles and every every time generation it's not just gonna do well the xbox 360 actually had a few um good jrpg games it just didn't really click with japan um so you gotta try something new and in this case microsoft didn't really have to go they didn't really have to do too much because they already have the um cloud-based um, systems and japan loves mobile games mm -hmm. so it, it, it's a perfect marriage in this sense i think it's a huge win and if they just keep pushing that then i do think you know at this point it doesn't really matter about the console sales i i personally don't really care about how much the xbox um series x or s does yeah i'm more concerned about i'm more concerned about what the people at microsoft um, are concerned about and that's game pass right um, that's how we know they get bonuses from what I heard. So in this sense, if you're going to attack with Japan, you're going to tackle the Asian market, you really just need to be able to get these games into people's hands. doesn't matter if it's with an Xbox Series X or an S or PC. If the mobile phone is what they're really going at, then that's, that should be your main target. Mm. Um, that's how I got into it. And we know, and I know like in the East, they have better internet than um, a lot of us do the West over here. So if I could play Scarlet Nexus and I could think, oh, this is good enough. Imagine how they feel about that. Um, the main thing that they need to do is they need to get more JRPG games. They need to get more Japanese or Eastern um, Asian games on their, on their systems. Yeah. But the idea that they, their, their consoles need to do well, no, doesn't need to do well in Japan at all. You they see, just need to just you subscribe. See, Tate Talks is the man that I will point to anytime anybody goes, Nobody's using uh, cloud gaming as their primary on their phone. No, you buy the hardware. No, no, no. This man got into the ecosystem through just the subscription and not the hardware. Mr. Everborn Saga, what are your thoughts? So, I, you know, listen, uh, let me just start off by saying I think the answer to Microsoft's troubles in the Eastern region is to buy Sega. But <laughs> we, 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 we... Take your drinks, people. Take your drinks. It's we, time. Go ahead. <laughs> 
No, but um, the, so I think I think these numbers are are damning, and they're also they highlight the chicken and egg problem. Yep. Now that can be changed, right? You, you know, twenty um, first century uh, problems called you know they need twenty first century solutions, and that twenty first century solution is maybe uh, this uh, X cloud, right? So if I if I can't convince you to put these boxes in your homes let's make it a service remove the barrier of entry but that's only phase one if you want that market yes they're gonna play cod yes they're gonna play i mean maybe they'll play halo and gears and those things but really you have to meet them with that content and and part of the problem like the 360 sold 1.6 million, which is abysmal when you consider the numbers that Sony and Nintendo were doing, uh, even in that generation. But it's a high point for the platform. They did that because they had uh, a user base that was in in ignorable, right? And so what's happening now is they really can't get into the room with a lot of the people they need to get into the room with and and deals miss them because it's just not their home region and they're not there so i say sega some people other have other things but i think phase one is okay you released a smaller console that people can buy for the people that want hardware that's what the series s is you've you've removed the barrier in terms of uh you know, if you can't get a, if you don't want to get a council at all by saying, here's a, a, you know, here's a cloud-based service that will run on your phone or more importantly on your PC monitor, right? They will release a streaming stick, which I'm sure will do uh, well in those regions for the people that want to play on their TV in their living room. And, but none of that, all of that is for naught unless you have the content. And how do you get the content if you can't get meetings with a lot of these people? And these things are happening uh, where you don't know because you really have proven that you don't understand that market. So my answer is it doesn't have to be Sega, even though that's who I want. Uh, and that's who they have the strongest relationship with in the region. But I think they need a Japanese publisher that will be the face and the head of Xbox Japan and let them worry about getting in the rooms and knowing what the market is looking for and, and being uh, in tune with the zeitgeist of that region and securing content for the platform through them without the cowboys walking in, throwing their money around. Th you know, presumably like they're going to buy everybody because it can come off as gauche, right? And it can be off-putting to, to, to the people in that region. So uh, I just think they, they need to basically be hands-off. I'm not saying that they don't have good management skills and they can't produce great games, but I think in that region, um, you know, they just have a bad uh, association in people's minds. And so if you buy a legacy publisher over there and let them run things and let them worry about getting the content for you, that's how you'll get the market. So they're doing the right things. I think the last infinity stone for that region is picking up uh, a Japanese publisher that can be the face of Xbox Japan. So I, I put a question in the chat real quick and I want folks mm -hmm. to answer it if possible. Is Sega Xbox's solution to Japan? Please give us give us your opinions on there, 
and just try not to be so damn scandalous about it. Please, take talks. Go ahead. You know, um, Sega's a good show, but it's, it's, it's going to be Capcom. It has to be uh, Ooh, Capcom because I think the IP... I would opponent. be disappointed with that, but I wouldn't be angry. There's you know, because the thing is, I mean, Street Fighter is huge. Um, you know, Devil May Cry, Resident Evil. Capcom has these games that can do really well in the West as well, as opposed, and also the East. Um, and you think about one of the biggest IPs now, and that's Monster Hunter. You can't, you know, and I think that game has so much more potential. Forget about even like adding microtransactions into it. Um, it's, it's Capcom's biggest IP there, and I think that's going to be a huge catch. But more more so this xbox has a relationship with sega already right it's the same reason why we say sony buying square enix doesn't make sense because you're already with them you know you can you, you can get deals with them already so you're already why get milk why buy the cow exactly oh, so same thing know, with Sega. but you know to those who say well, you get in the milk why buy the cow i say you know there's this new conglomerate that just buying up farms left and right right whether you get the cow now for free or the milk for free or not you know the giant is awake and his pockets are deep you better make sure you, you keep them sold. Otherwise, you'll find yourself no longer being able to get free milk. I'm just saying. J-Mo Money <laughs> Sega is the Krillin of the gaming world. Oh, wow. That's For the Dragon Ball That is amazing. But we'll never measure up. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go I, ahead. I, I would agree. I, I think, you know, you, you monitor these things. But I mm. think um, just the fact that, you know, Xbox and Sega has a good deal already. I don't really see them dropping that and moving towards Sony. Um mm. So in this in this in this sense, if you were just to buy Sega, right, mm-hmm. you still need to, you still need to do the work and get in talking to Capcom, all these other guys. But if you buy Capcom, well then you got them in the bag, and then you already got a relationship with Sega. So now I think you're in a better position. Um, that makes more sense to me. I, I actually want to say something a little controversial. You controversial? Um, oh. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> some, some of the guys Go won't ahead. like me for this. But um, I think if they were to buy a Japanese publisher. At least in that region, I think it might behoove them to keep it multiplat. I um, <laughs> uh, maybe maybe in the states you keep it exclusive, but but in in that region you're gonna have a lot of talent that is used to developing on those other platforms, and I, the idea that you're offering a service for you know whatever a low monthly fee that people can get into these things. Um, I think that especially in, you know, getting that kind of deal approved where we're saying, hey, this is the big American company. They're going to come in and now these developers will no longer be developing on platforms owned by people in that country. Um, I think it might rub the, the approvers over there in the, in the wrong way. Not to mention you could lose some talent that is saying this American company is coming in and saying, and basically is going to pull us out of, uh, you know, out of uh, platforms that, that, mm. you know, are, that have is a good, legacy. That is a good point. It, it is a good take on it. Uh, I will say uh, real quick, shout out to Slow Mo Backslap. Thank you, sir. Always, always making our, our show better than it originally is. He says he actually suggested Microsoft buy Sega and then rebrand the Xbox in Japan to a Sega console like they did a few years ago. That said, it won't happen despite it being a good idea. You're not the only one that has brought that up. Shout out to John Wolf. That's not Wolf. the first good idea uh, Xbox didn't uh, listen to. <laughs> shout out to John Wolf, who was also really on that tip. Make a partnership. Call the Xbox, the Sega, the Dreamcast, or the Sega Box in Japan, and that will solve it. It is an interesting idea. It is an interesting idea. He also says that 
Uh, he doesn't think Capcom will work because they're too much in bed with with uh, with. with uh, some... I, I don't actually. I actually don't know that I agree with that, and 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 I'll tell you why. I think um, you know, Sega probably has the best relation. That's the best um, relationship Microsoft has in the region, mm-hmm. just because there's so much shared DNA. Not but they still don't have... saying please. Please, we'll make Jesus it Christ, easy. don't don't stop, don't go. I hope we're talking about Babylon's fall because I have <laughs> spoke to that. But no, no, no. Uh, but more, but more, more, more uh, seriously, um, you know, Sega does have that DNA, but you still can't get a Persona on on the. Yeah. That doesn't mean they don't have an amazing relationship. Now on the Capcom side, apart from Street Fighter, where has Capcom showed? Um, Sony preference over over Microsoft. I know they gave the Resident Evil marketing deal, but I really think that Capcom has been very good about yeah, they've been, when they've been very, something very even keeled about that. Yeah, yeah. And they've and there and there have been so many um, exclusive because uh, remember Dead Rising and Lost Planet and all those things. I think Lost Planet ended up coming to PlayStation, yeah. but still they've done exclusive deals with Microsoft before. Um, so I do think the relationship is there uh, with Capcom. Not again, not nearly as much as as um, as Sega, but I don't think Capcom has. Capcom is not square, is what I'm saying in terms of their relationship with uh, they're, Sony. They're not all about the ducats. I, I understand that. They they, they yeah. tend to I, play I feel like, differently. Go ahead, I feel like Capcom does a more financial element to it, whereas Square, I don't know, there's a relationship there that goes beyond finances, I believe. And good yeah. sense. Yeah. You know, you know I, I would I would argue the opposite. I mean, look look at where Guardians of the Galaxy is coming, Game Pass, right? They're about the money, right? Square is about that money, and they're quick to tell any, everybody. Maybe not the anybody. Japanese side, though. Not the Japanese side. Maybe not the Japanese right. side, yeah. Right. That, that, yes. that, that's yes. my main argument. I think they're very... Um, because, you know, I, I think if you look at it this way, like, it, Microsoft could offer maybe double the money that Sony's offering for a Final Fantasy game, right? Mm-hmm. But I think Square would be more worried about the backlash they get from, you know, the Japanese market and Kinda also, like, just... Kind ba- Namco was with Elden Ring on them, like... Exactly. We see your bag, I, but we we want the, we want to keep loyalties. I, I exactly. Now, now speaking of not uh, what Slomo was saying about not executing on good ideas, mm. you know, uh, Kay, you and I have been having this conversation a lot. We we you know as you know legacy gaming fans or whatever, we want it. We we you know there's this affinity towards Japanese developers in that region, and we want to see more of those things uh, that you that you get in that region. Mm-hmm. But the question is. Does Microsoft want to spend n number of billions of dollars to really be in a market just to let someone else control it? Because that's that's effectively what would have to happen. You'd buy a publisher and they'd be running things over there and you couldn't come in because the culture is different. And once you start making demands, it looks like the American company is coming in with the cowboy boots, putting them on the table and say, do this and do that. Uh, Is all of that worth it? Or do you just say we're just going to be the premier Western publisher and we will basically bring Western games to the East as opposed to saying we need to buy something that we effectively couldn't be able to wouldn't be able I to control? Contend, I contend that although they are still big on wanting to bring more of the Japanese and the Asia Pacific market in by and large, they're changing their 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 the method at which they're trying to achieve that by recognizing that people are people 
as long as they have enough of them, that will bring other markets into play for them as well. So before they used to make overtures, like real hard overtures to all the various Asian markets. Please join us. Hey, we, we have games for you. They specifically made games for that market. Obviously, they didn't do it in the, in the right way in hindsight because they made one and then they, they did not allow for room for improvement or for a, a second version of the game. I'm talking to you there, Blue Dragon and, and all those other games, right? But it looks to me, at least from what I can tell, it looks to me that now the priority is, you know what? We got Game Pass. They have millions of subscribers. Look, with the Activision Blizzard deal, we'll have World of Warcraft. We'll have StarCraft. All of these games that basically own a large swath of the Asian market, StarCraft specifically, we will own and control them. And by doing so, all we need to do is get our localization in order and get folks seeing that, hey, we are the we are the place where gamers can play. It doesn't matter what region you're on, and that in itself will bring more Japanese gamers and developers into the fold. Because right, if they grow the platform large enough to where you can't ignore it, like exactly. they basically did. Exactly. Exactly my point. They used to be very focused on we love the Japanese market. Oh, we want to. We want more Japanese, and they're realizing that when you when you out there, you know, uh, catcalling and you're, you're doing that. Girl, walk right by you. <laughs> you know what I'm right, saying? like you you spent all the money to to, to buy the Lamborghini, That's and right. you got all the jewelry and stuff, and you doing all of this to get the girl. But it turns out she's just sleeping with the pool boy. That's right. And, and all you need to do to fun. get the girl, all you need to do is get to, to get the girl is recognize that when I when when I'm at a level where I'm undeniable, she'll just walk walk on over by herself. Exactly. And that's what they're doing right now. These are grown man lessons, folks. Indeed. <laughs> take take your lessons. <laughs> Work on you, and 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 the world will meet you where you're at. That's right, indeed, indeed. And you know what? Let, let us move on to our to the, to the second to final topic I want to discuss. And this will also be talking about Halo at some point because slow mo is going to kill us. <laughs> we can talk about Halo. We can talk about Halo. But I, I, but I know that Tay wanted to have some some a little bit of conversation about the the, the pending Spartacus. Uh, uh, rain. We were talking about uh, uh, in the background a bit about it, and he had some thoughts. So I kind of, you know, uh, am I mistaken in in that you play more on PlayStation than on Xbox? Because you were very much PlayStation in the last gen, and you said you've, you've started dabbling back into Xbox now. So, so I suspect that I would not be out of school in saying that most of your games are played there, most of your friends are there. Am I mistaken? No, you're right. Um, primarily PlayStation, yes. so you, but um, ever since I got the yeah. Xbox, I, I, got, I got the Xbox Series X, so, so that's that, pretty that much why I game now, cool. primarily. Okay. So you have a vested interest in the play, PlayStation ecosystem. You most likely have games that you've old school games you like in the PlayStation ecosystem. So, what is this mm -hmm. whole this now? Obviously, this is a, a new report that with the pending uh, uh, emergence of of uh, Spartacus. PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now are slowly merging. You know, uh, cards that used to be available to be purchased are no longer available. It looks like, you know, the, the groundwork is being laid for the Spartacus announcement very soon. What are your thoughts on this whole Spartacus situation? What do you think? Um, so I really wanted to hear a lot of people's thoughts mm -hmm. on um, Spartacus. And one of the things that um, really hit me was that it was this idea that Spartacus is going to fail or um, it's dead on arrival if it doesn't have day and date games, which I understand to an extent, but I don't think, you see, I think the issue here is that they're assuming Sony is has to compete exactly with Game Pass. I don't think that's the case really. 
I think a lot of these things is all about mitigation. They just need to be in the conversation. They need to be doing something at least, right? So I like to think about this. Like if I'm Jim Ryan and I know I can't do day in day games, the question I would say, you know, to my team is, okay, well, how much is it going to hurt us? And are we dead on arrival, right? And in this case, like, so the first question I would ask people is, what, what game arrived on day and date on Game Pass that made you subscribe? I mean, like, I mean, if, if I was asking you guys, like, what, what was the game that arrived day and date on Game Pass that you said, okay, I'm subscribing to this well, service? Well, okay, for me personally, I am not a, I, 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 like, my subscription was not based on a single game. I am what is known as a grazer. I, I don't play, I don't wife games for, for 50 years. I touch a little bit of this. I touch a little bit. Of that. I like, I like indies, right? So, the idea that you know a, a lot of eShop games that like I love my Nintendo Switch, a lot of eShop games that you end up paying full price for end up in Game Pass before or after or even at the same time. You just don't know it. When I started cluing into that, that's when I was like, okay, I'm definitely gonna get a Game Pass subscription because then you don't have to to you know play on Switch with 15 frames per second. You could play it on the Series X, right? That's what got me to sign up and, and continue to sign up, and the promise of first parties coming day and date which they are slowly coming as well so to me anyway me personally it wasn't like oh they said uh, uh you know starfield is day one so that's why i'm subscribing right uh unlike a paramount plus which i'm subscribing for because of the halo show and the sonic no... series don't forget it oh, knuckles yeah, yeah. Elba. Bring, bring the sonic on indeed yes that is you know on the so, game pass front i didn't specifically sign up for one specific game everborn how about you yeah i, I kind of want to add to that i do think so to your point tay i think it's more so the idea of day and date than it is a specific game because i'll tell you right now if if it was just for one game that i wanted game pass i wouldn't have signed up i would have just bought the game right because right. if it, if i'm signing up for one game then i'm effectively paying 180 dollars a year even though we never play that and there's ways around it but let's just go with that number because it's easy math yeah. uh i'm not gonna play 180 dollars a year to rent one game but the idea that i will have this variety of things and anything that microsoft does whether it's uh a halo and a, a forza now and an Elden Ring later, and knowing that those things will be there is the thing that gets me to sign up. It is the thing that I say, well, I don't know what game my kids want to play. I don't have to think about what they're playing. Here's this subscription. You guys yeah, go, play. go in that. there right, and don't yeah. bother your dad no more. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's podcasting. Right. Indeed, indeed. That's but right. um, so th that's sort of the idea. It is the whole, not the specific. Not the uh, sum of its, of its parts. Right. But now to answer your question, uh, hey, more specifically, they don't need to do day and day. I do agree with that, but they also cannot say that we're going to charge more while giving you less, right? Yeah. In the yeah. face of your competitor saying, we are giving you not only these uh, great indies that you get to try out or older games that you may have missed, but we're also giving you, you know, as a result of these acquisitions, cod and doom and elder scrolls and all these other things that they're going to do so we can't say it's just indie content now they have some of the best yeah ips that are have proven track records that will launch in these things and these are ips that formerly sold 20 million 30 million right so 
in the, the face of that, is gonna be crazy. right? In the face of that, for you to say because we're Sony and we're so good, you don't deserve um, day and date. And, and to be and, fair, they're not saying it like that. No, no, they're no. Saying I mean, we can't afford it. The, 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 the they're not saying we can't afford it. That's what they said. Made Twenty-five billion that year. You made this True. much more. I mean, it's not to say they're li- they're not lying, but that's what they said. They said they cannot afford their AAA games to be in Game Pass. They games. said they believed in generations, also, well, sir. You know. That so, so the point, like my, the point that I'm making is they uh-huh. can, they absolutely do not have to de- do day and date. But in the face of what your competition is doing, you cannot say I'm going to charge you more and give you less. And I will give you an example. Mm-hmm. We've seen other streaming services come out and try to match Netflix price point, but they have nowhere near the level of content. And so they don't do that. The one who, the one other streaming competitor that came in to really challenge Netflix was Disney Plus. They had high quality content. They're not doing everything day and date, but guess what they are doing? They're charging you a lot less. That's right. Right? A Disney Plus subscription is nowhere near what a Netflix subscription is. And I'm sure they will raise it over time, but you can't come out the gate saying, uh, for the privilege of signing up to our service, we're not going to give you you're going to pay more just for the privilege. It's not because we're giving you the same so, thing. So I agree with you, Everborn. Tate, uh, about that, about that part of the puzzle, okay? And and I don't know how logistically it works in Ireland. I, obviously, they scale the pricing depending on the regions. Here, for a long time now, we are PlayStation Plus subscribers. We pay 60 bucks a year if you're paying that yearly subscription, right? We pay $60 a year. And now, based on some of the conversations that have been heard and a lot of the, the leaks, the reputable leaks that have come out, they're effectively doubling the price of PlayStation Plus to $120. And I haven't seen anybody really, there hasn't been too much consternation about it, you know, but me personally, I think that's, that's a very bad look, you know, an established service that's already there that's, that you won't be adding more to, right? Because uh, uh, basically the PlayStation Plus Essential is literally what PlayStation Plus is today, right? Only it's twice the price, you know. What do you think of the various tiers? I, I, I agree with you that they don't necessarily need to be day and date. I agree with you on that because PlayStation has their their loyal fans and their ecosystem of uh, of gamers that know what to and, expect. And they that. have quality content. There's a yes, reason. There's a reason you don't put Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. I'm 88 hours, 88 hours into Horizon Forbidden West. I I know they have quality content. I chose. Horizon Forbidden West over Elden Ring just started Elden Ring recently because I had to finish Horizon. I love their stories. I love the characters. Tay, what do you think of the various uh, the various tiers of service? And is this you as a person who plays on PlayStation, as as we all do? Is this something that, will, based on what you've seen so far, will it entice you to subscribe? Yes, I will. Um... I think it has to do with that word content, right? So, and I look at it this way. Um, God of War has done, let's say, 20 million sales, right? I think 20 million. Horizon has done 20 million sales. Sony doesn't need to put those games there in this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go under the assumption that they're going to put these games there um, one year after release. Like, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll say that, yeah. If that's the case. So, in the first year, maybe God of War sells 10 million sales. That's good. That's great. But in the second, third, and fourth year, there's gonna it's gonna accumulate another another um, 
<clears throat> it's going to get another 10 million sales or so, right? I think that's who you market Spartacus to. I think so like those are the consumers you tell. Yeah. Okay. The guys who get it day in days, they're going to go pay 70 bucks for God of War. They're going to pay 70 bucks for Spider-Man. They're going to pay 70 bucks for Horizon. But there's people like me who get God of War on the third year or the second year. And those are pe- that's 10 million people who are going to go out and spend 40 or 60 bucks in the second or third or fourth year. If you flash Spartacus in my eyes and you say 20 bucks, 15 bucks, God of War Ragnarok has arrived one year after release. I'm pretty much going to sign up for that. And then I'm going to look at your other, your other offerings. I'm going to look at Horizon Forbidden West. So, for example, Horizon Forbidden West came out this month. No, sorry, last month, right? If, if that appears on Spartacus one year from now, I'm going to sign up for that. I haven't played Horizon Forbidden West yet. I haven't played... Um, you know, and then it's, it's about... The, then, then we're looking at the content because Spider-Man, for example, I haven't played that yet. I haven't played Miles Morales yet. And then it's a snowball effect. You start to see all these games huge yet? games. Bro. I haven't played it yet. After this podcast, go put that in there. Start mm-hmm. playing that. That's a, It's only eight hours. But, but you know what, what it is yet? Yeah, because all these games, I want to put them on PS5. Ah, I want to play them. I, I don't have one yet. Understood. You know, I have a PS4. So if next year I can yeah. get one, then, and if, if all these games on Spartacus, it's not about day and date anymore now because those are huge games. Like one of my friends, he's, he only um, finished Last of Us uh, last year. Amazing game. That, that game stays amazing regardless of the first year, second year, third year. And I think that's the advertising pool right there. Okay. It's those consumers. Because if you think about it in this way, the Sony really wants maybe you on Spartacus day one, you know, because if you're going to get... Um, Spider-Man day one, you're going to get Horizon day one, you're going to get Ghost of Tsushima day one. It gets to the point where they're actually losing money on you. But it's these other consumers who just kind of buy games here and there, maybe the casuals per se, they're the ones who are going to get these games. I haven't played Ghost of Tsushima yet either. Wow. If that appears, on, I mean, you're missing out. There's so much. So much. I didn't you know, play right? half the games you just mentioned. It's fine. Or GTA 5. So what? And as soon as you put those games that are, you know, that didn't appear day and date on Spartacus or whatever, if that's in, if that's in your service, for me, then the question then is, okay, like, what's more valuable then? Is it Game Pass or, or Spartacus at that point? Those are huge games I just mentioned. I might not have the, the desire to go buy them for 60 or 70 bucks. Well, I do have the desire to pay to pay 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 40 bucks for them. And at that point, if Spartacus is telling me you get all these games, amazing games, for 15 16. bucks. 16. I'm signing, 16. <laughs> 16, right? But I'm signing up. That 16 I is think more expensive game than Game Pass Ultimate. Is that doable? Well, it's it's doable because I'll give you an example here. HBO is is, is, is a yeah. great service, right? Mm-hmm. Amazing content, right? HBO doesn't exist in Europe. So if it doesn't exist where I'm from, how can I compare it to another service? So if Game Pass isn't on PlayStation 4, which is like, what, 150 million um, mm-hmm. consoles, and it's on PS5, which is, 20, let's say, 20 million consoles, that's 170 million consoles that Game Pass doesn't exist. I could walk into a room with 20 people, right? And I could say, Game Pass is amazing, Game Pass Ultimate is this, and their response would be, I don't have, a, I don't so, have an Xbox. But your, your, so own, Pass, your own admittance, tells you told us mm-hmm. that you don't need an xbox to be part of game mm-hmm. does that not work 
No, that's true. And I think that's where Microsoft is doing a good job with the Series S and um, xCloud. But there's still a large portion of gamers out there who don't have this Series and don't want xCloud. Okay. Exactly. Um, one of my guys, he so Obliv- mm-hmm. Elder Scrolls Oblivion is on, um, <clears throat> mm-hmm. it's on PlayStation now, right? Mm-hmm. And it's also on Game Pass. And I told him, get it on Game Pass. It has way better games. And his response was, well, I don't have an Xbox, so what, true, true. what, what happens here? And then he got it on, then he got position now. So I think that's where Sony really has to market that. They have to go for these gamers. Not 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 us per se, not you guys. They don't really care about you guys. It's these other guys that are gonna buy the games in the second year or third year or fourth year. And we know they exist because God of War sure, didn't sell yeah, twenty yeah. million for sure. Yeah, it, it blew up and was like number one for so so long. There so, are some of the, uh, some of us that double dip. I I end up buying it on PlayStation. I own the original copy. And then I ended up buying on the PC. I completely agree with you. So, so there. So, so go ahead, Everborn. So, a, a, a couple of things there. Um, again, I I agree what you're saying, but I don't think that they can do this in that uh, price point. And I know what you're saying, uh, Tay, where it's like in a vacuum, it doesn't matter what the competition is doing. If you're in that Sony ecosystem and they charge you for this thing. You're just going to buy it because those games are in there. One thing I will say is I don't think the window needs to be a year, right? I th- Because when you look at game sales, a lot of it are, you know, the early adopters that buy these things day one. And then because you'll see these games go down and cut down the price by 25 and 50 percent within three months. Right. And I think that what they could get away with if they're not going to lower the price is having a defined window. So if we say, hey, we know that you hardcore gamers that buy stuff day one, you're not waiting three months, right? So for example, that like uh, this is what HBO Max does. They've th- Before they were doing day and date with all their theater releases, but that was because of the pandemic. And that ended uh, December 31st of last year. Now what they're saying this year is we're defining the window. So if you want to see the Batman and you don't want to spoilers and you are gun ho on seeing the Batman, we're going to give you 45 days exclusive to theater exclusivity. Every movie they released this year in 2022, 45 days in the theater, then it's in the service. And then people can make that decision, right? People can say, listen, I'm not waiting 45 days. I'm paying to see Batman. And now we're seeing Batman is going to launch to over 100 million opening weekend. And we're still not fully out of the pandemic as it relates to theaters and things like that. So that's a very good number, especially for something that is restarting a franchise, right? This is a this is not a sequel. This is a new thing. People may not be sold on it. They've still got the Nolan heads. You still got the crazy Snyder Cut fans, mm-hmm. right? So hey, it's I'm a new crazy. thing. Stop it. <laughs> you might be, but that's neither here nor there. The point is they were able to do a hundred million, and that defined window is there. And then people can say, listen, I'm not going to go day one. I'll wait that 45 days. And that makes your subscription, which HBO Max is very expensive. There are other reasons for that, which we can talk about if you want, but I don't think it's pertinent to this. But that makes your subscription valuable because you've defined now you have this shorter window. So I say all that to say, if they're going to keep that price point, I think the, the window needs to be much lower. And I think you still get a lot of your, your early adopter sales in the first you know 30 days to 30 to 90 days so if you're saying 45 days 90 days and then ragnarok will be in the service or 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 whatever after release i think they can get away with it 
But if they're saying one year or some undetermined time, I, I really don't see how that pricing structure works. Okay, okay. I would, I would, actually, I would agree with that. I think you know, given a, a time frame, you know, three months, six months, I think is it can be a good idea. But I don't think it changes the fact that if I want, if I'm going to get Ragnarok in the second year, for example, and it's on Spartacus, whatever, one year after, it's still, a, a, it's still a more of a compelling argument for me to go and get it on Spartacus as opposed to, you know, um, buying the game itself. Does that mean you can um, with and I think that's the thing that if, of, of being part of that conversation that first year. Oh, because, but that's a thing though, because there's going to be maybe 10 million people who don't want to be, who want to be part of that conversation the first year. That's great. But like, you know, God of War does way more than 10 million. It does 23 million or 24, whatever it's going to do. Same thing for Horizon Forbidden West. And I think as soon as it's those players who don't really care too much about, you know, being in that conversation, those are the ones that you get to subscribe on Spartacus. And those are the, the more maybe casual, you could say, right? But I think that's why I look at the numbers and I say, okay, well, Sony can't get you know, Kate Sante and Everborn to sign up on Spartacus day one because they don't have this, those day one games or whatever. That's grand. But they could get me and they could get other people to sign up. And I also believe Sony's going to change the strategy a little bit, right? There, there's some games that I don't think it's going to be one year. I think, for example, if, um, what's that game called? Um, Bridge yeah, of Kina, for example? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think those kind of games can arrive in six months or three months, for example. I think Eternal... Because Returner is not a system seller, right? So you don't really care about the sales too much from that. It's, it's not really that important. So I think that game could arrive in two months, for example. I think Ratchet and Clank can arrive in maybe four months or whatever. It's maybe your God of War, your Horizon, that like you kind of want those console sales a little bit, yeah? And then one year, because those are the games that people are going to sign up to your subscription service for in the first place. Returnal is a game that I have no interest in paying seventy yeah, bucks or we sixty, paid 60 bucks, for. bucks for that. And we regret oh, it. Seven, we paid seventy dollars for Se- it, sir. Seventy, seventy, yeah, seventy. But it, again, <laughs> I, I exactly. still think you need so, to define the window because a nebulous term says maybe this game will never come there mm-hmm. if you don't have it defined. And I think it gets very sticky if we say some first-party games are two months and others are two years or one year or whatever mm-hmm. right because now you're kind of throwing it up in the air and i don't actually know how much my subscription is worth i think yeah. you whatever the time period is you have to say first parties will come in this amount of time so if it's a year i think you got to go a year across the board and you can play with day and date or near date releases with your second party deals but I would need to know, for me to sign up anyway, for me to consider signing up, I need to know first parties will be there either day and date or how far after. And it should be something I could count on. Because you, you don't want to be in a situation where I'm paying you every month and asking you when this thing is going to be in the service. But I think, I think that's another point then, because, you know, when I had this discussion with someone and I would say, okay, fine. I, I've now signed up for, let's say, God of War Ragnarok, which came out, the, whatever, the second year, right? But then it's, okay, what is Sony's offerings there? And if I see Returnal there, if I see Watcher and Clank there, if I see Spider-Man there, these games that might not be crazy, but I'm going to play. You know, everyone says, for example, Game Pass got them into games that they would have never touched. So I stopped questioning the price of the service when I'm entertained, when I'm playing these other games. When I look at Returnal, I say, well, Returnal is not a 70 bucks game, but mm, I mean, I'm already in the service for God of War. But, but I'll give are it a you, try. Are, is, is Returnal and Ratchet and Clank, because again, if you try to buy those games now, they are heavily discounted, right? 
So if, if, if they're delaying yeah. them by a year, you're effectively saying, I'm paying $192 a year for these games that by and large, Sony releases maybe for, uh, you know, first party games in a year. If I wait a year to get them, I don't think all four of those games cost 192 True. Right? So by the time that by the doesn't time become worth it at that time price. they're accessible on that service when you price them together they'll probably be cheaper than the cost of the actual service itself. I wonder if people really no, do they things don't. like people that. Don't. Well. They don't. No. Although yeah, they, should. they don't because somebody made this argument. But you see, some, somebody made this argument as well, right? And I remember saying to myself, like, because they said, oh, like you know, I, I look at every game I buy and you know I check it out, and I'm thinking. Okay, I've signed up for God of War Ragnarok on, on the service, right? And now then I went to go play Returnal, Ratchet and Clank, I went to go play Days Gone, I went to go play Spider-Man and then Miles Morales and Horizon, Horizon Forbidden West, and all these other games, right? That's like maybe ten games I played in a month. Am I really going to the PlayStation Store saying well that was ten, well that was twenty, yeah, well, that no, was thirty, that was I fifteen? You. I don't really think it, it's too complicated. Like, you know, we, we like things to be easy and simple. You take fifteen bucks from my account, I get all this, I'm good with it. I don't disagree with you that it will be a subscription service that some will want, but I question whether or not it will be a subs subscription service that will rise to the level of zeitgeist that Game Pass has because of its lack of like blatant value. It doesn't, you know, if yeah. you are a PlayStation player, the value is there, but the way Xbox has done it, for better or worse is just so blatant in its value that it's turning non-gamers into gamers just to be able to play that, that piece. Mm -hmm. And, and so I don't Kate, think PlayStation's point, one will do the same. Go, go ahead, Evan to, to your point, uh, Microsoft right now is spending a lot in terms of marketing and gaining a lot in terms of mindshare. And the more prevalent the idea of Game Pass comes, if they actually become... Like, when you think of streaming services, you think of Netflix. That's the first thing you think yep. of. Yep. There's a lot of people that think of gaming and just associate it with PlayStation. So you, what, the, what the grandmother will say, they might see you with an Xbox controller, but they're going to say you're playing the PlayStation. It used to be like that. If I was playing Genesis, my mom would say you're playing the Nintendo. Nintendo, yeah. Right? Because yes. it's just synonymous with Get that. off the Nintendo. So, I'm not playing right. Nintendo, so, mom. So <laughs> as um, sort of uh, Game Pass permeates the consciousness of the, the sort of gaming populace, right, the casuals and things like that, and they know these things are there day and date, I think it becomes a harder sell for Sony Again, charging more to say you're not. We don't know what is going to come in the service and when, and we don't, and when and you're not getting sort of day and date. I think it, it shot. It will not today. If they did it today, I think they're fine. But a year from now, two years from now, you know, it 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 it, it puts more of a spotlight on uh, the shortcomings. Uh, of the service. Yeah, in comparison. But again, but again, I, I do need to, like, uh, I'm not, like, disagreeing with you, Tay, because I do think Sony has content that will, um, you know, even if you get it later, there are people that will sign up because, again, there is a reason, and I, I said this a little bit before, there's a reason you don't put um, Spider-Man No Way Home in any streaming service day one. Right, because uh, I'll, that I'll tell you, you're gonna make all the money. I'll tell you if, if even though they may not get me because of the lack of day one, 
if they say, oh, by the way, you sign up to this subscription service at a certain tier, and when it gets a PC release, you get day and date PC, I'm there. Because I'm the kind of guy that likes to play uh, PlayStation games on my PC as yeah, well. Yeah. I've played Deathloop on PC. I've played Sifu on PC. i played, yeah. you know, uh, uh, I'm playing many places, uh, God of War on PC, and I had to buy Steam yeah. codes for that all the time, right? If you tell me, even if it's an older game, when it releases day and date, this PlayStation game is now on our exclusive launcher and you get access to the PC version because you already own the console version, I'm signed up, right? So but, there are that, ways of getting that. That, that, that uh, again, that makes the pricing to me even more of a hard sell because now don't forget about day and day. I'll pay, I'll, yeah, yeah. I will see you day and day. You don't need it. <laughs> but now you're also telling me um, I don't have uh, dual entitlement with yeah, PC. Which is a I problem. can't play this thing anywhere. So yeah. my subscription is literally tied to this one plastic box that I have. And that... Well, but but remember, so, but Everborn, the reason why that is a problem for you is because you live in a Game Pass world, right? Just like uh, PlayStation and Nintendo have been setting the standard for years. Oh, new console? Throw that old one out the trash. That thing's useless now. Right? They have been setting that standard for years, and everyone was like, okay, until the new guy came in the, into the mix and went, also, what are you talking about? This fraud, controller fraud, is still usable. Right? Fraud alert on me. I'm never going to play any of those games on my P- gaming PC, but I'm just saying principles. Sure, sure, sure. You, you, we, we know you're a fraud. We, we've moved, we've <laughs> yeah, moved on from that I, point. I've heard That's it. fine. I've heard it a lot, you know, and I think there's a lot of merits. I think Microsoft, I think it, it becomes less attractive as yeah. the years go by when you start seeing, you know, like um, the um, Fable, the new Fable game, Avowed games. It becomes less attractive. I think for those PlayStation fans, it's still a case of, you know, if Game Pass doesn't exist yeah, on their console, then they can't. Like, still what, get in. Yeah. like, they can't, because I, I believe gamers are ready for a subscription-based kind of system, right? So, uh, because most of them have Spotify, they have and Netflix, so the idea of you know, subscriptions. Exactly right. So if that's the case, and like, like I said, I, I could walk into a room with 10 people and say Game Pass is the best. And they might agree, but it doesn't exist for the, on the console. So it's, it's, some, it's an irrelevant topic point to say Game Pass, right? What I do also believe is that Sony's adapting very well to a lot of things that's going on. They're, they're very old school, you know, they, 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 want, it, they want things so, to remain the so same, right? Quick, they want Tay, it to be all about console. Do you console. think that's the reason why Sony got rid of the browser off of the, the, the console? Because they didn't want you to get access to Game Pass? Just, just a cynical thought from my, from my brain. Yeah, no, for sure. They, they don't. I think the idea of Game Pass being on their console, like if Game Pass arrives on Not PlayStation, but um, if you had a browser, Microsoft you gets, could get, get access to Game Pass. If yeah. they could do something like that, um, then Microsoft gets a huge yeah, consumer it on the boost. iPhone, it's, you yes. can't get that through the App Store. It's, That's right. And and there is a hundred percent for those who don't know, the PS5 one hundred percent has a browser. They just choose to hide it. Like you can go in the background, you can almost make it work. Trust me, I've tried, but they've locked it down. Even the the Switch, I was so close to playing Game Pass games on the Switch, but there's ways that they have kind of fudged, fudged it, script, stru- exactly, uh, stripped yeah. down the browser so you can't access it easily. If they were more for- forthcoming yeah. and said, "Hey, here's your browser, you can do with it," which PS4 has a full working browser. PS3 has a full working browser. You can play Game Pass on PS4 today. You can do it because the browser allows for that, right? They'll say it's not officially supported and you hit continue anyway and you're playing, right? 
PS4, uh, PS5 mm-hmm. specifically, kind of fudged it a little bit. I, you know, cynically, I'm thinking maybe they don't want you to have that as an option for yourself. I wish I was wrong, but it all points that way. What do you think? Uh, if Game Pass is on um, a Sony platform, I think Sony needs a huge cut. <laughs> you know, they're not going to let you do it some True. roundabout way, yeah, uh, anything yeah. like that. It's going to take a lot of money. Um, but, you know, it, it shouldn't be on a PlayStation console just because it would defeat the purpose and it would, it would probably just kill Spartacus as well. Um, but, good, well, you know, I got, I got <laughs> options are good, but it's gonna like that, it's gonna make it look worse, it looks, it, you know. Sure, you guys talk about sure, like, well, you know, Game Pass is doing this, the, the it's gonna make it look is, really bad. The key is that option not being available so that PlayStation's offerings exactly. look good enough. And the minute that that option becomes available, PlayStation service looks bad to even PlayStation well, gamers. Well, here's the, but here's the thing about that, and I don't want to be like, because uh, there's no morality in any of this, right? It's you, just you business. Get the last word it's not, it's not show friends. It's show business. That's great, but just looking at this from a business lens, if your business model is hiding the better competition from your customers, do you really have a winning formula that will last? Ding! That's a that is a good so, good, good statement. <laughs> Well, my response to that is Sony's adapting to, to a lot of changes, right? So I think a couple of years ago, we said, hey, Sony has PlayStation games on PC. You would have mm-hmm. said that's crazy. But you notice I like to put in more and more games. And also, um, we realized that they just bought Bungie as well. That's a, a deal we didn't expect to happen. And they say, hey, we're, we're going to bring 10 live service games as well. So they're changing and adapting as well. Um, so I believe Spartacus, for example, okay, Spartacus, for example, they have a day and day game already, don't they? Do they? Next month, two months, April. Uh, they announced I mean, they, they, they did it with game. Destruction All Stars. Also, that came out like day one in PlayStation Plus. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So that shows that they're adapting, they're changing. I don't believe in two years' time we'll see the same type of Sony. Sure, I just think sure, it's impossible. Right. Yeah. I think in two years' time, we could start seeing day... I think maybe yeah. even before that, because I see day-in-day yeah. day games. So the strategy makes sense mm. now. But in two years' time, it wouldn't. And I don't think they'll be using that same strategy at all. I think they would have changed right. now, that's an important. that's that an important time. point. And it, and it goes back to what I was saying earlier uh, of how in, in the discourse, we tend to have very binary views where it's like you if you're going this way you have to go all the way that way and there there is a world where sony adapts to the market at the right time let microsoft teach the consumer about streaming services and let them spend all of that upfront money until the consumer is trained to understand that hey you're going to pay this amount you're going to get all these games in the service day and date and now that all of that sort of groundwork has been done to train the consumer sony can just say all it takes is a flick of a switch to say we're going to do day and date right and at that point people are so accustomed to paying for these kind of things and remember we've seen this happen before there's precedence for this right you didn't always have to pay for online access microsoft with xbox live trained the customer um to their detriment in that case that you need to pay for online service right and sony didn't do that in the playstation 3 days but in the PlayStation 4 days, they said, okay, now that the customer understands this, exactly. now we're going to charge you for PlayStation Plus. And I think PlayStation Plus has more paid subscribers than Xbox Live does. So there's a there's a world where they yeah. can strategically roll this out to their benefit while making all the money that they can in the meantime to, you know, grow at the pace that 
that they need to grow because remember sony and microsoft are two completely different sized yeah, companies they're handling it t totally different from a from a growth perspective you're absolutely right you're absolutely right I, I have one point on, on, like, you know, when we look at Microsoft and how they deal with the um, you know, exclusive content, you know, like, um, they might go for three months or six months, whatever, as, you know, Sony might do, like, I think Final Fantasy is supposed to be two years or whatever it may be. I think in a, in a couple of years, at some point, Sony changes their strategy as well. They don't care too much about, okay, fine, let's have this as an exclusive game for, like, two years. I think they start to do deals like, okay, maybe it's six months on PlayStation, um, and then it arrives on Spartacus for a year or so. I think they start to focus on that. And I think that's them yeah, just going to be adapting more, to the changes. More attention on Spartacus itself, just like just like Microsoft exactly. putting all the attention on Game Pass, making that the platform exactly. versus the hardware. No, you, you're absolutely right. I can, I can definitely I, see honestly, I could see a world. Me, I don't know how many years from now we can end it on this. Yeah. I really see a world in the future where you're playing um where it is less of a battle of of the consoles and it's more of a service and you're playing you know streaming uh spartacus games on xbox and um game Microsoft pass games care. streaming on on, on playstation i don't Microsoft think jim ryan care. cares he wants that yacht as well, remember, says. remember that they cared because they knew that their that their their console warrior uh, yeah, but people. that will go away. We yeah. like we'll, they'll that understand that away, at a certain yeah. point. So okay, so before we continue on, we're gonna we're gonna switch stories to to the Halo Infinite because if we didn't, Lord, we would be tarred and feathered in the streets. But before we do, let me let me tell you the the the, the results of the poll here. Uh, oh, of course, the minute I said that, now the poll just disappeared on me. Basically, we have sixty forty. <laughs> we had uh, I think it was fifty percent that said yup. That is, oh there it is. There we go. Uh, uh, heck yes, 44% say yup. Microsoft's solution to Japan is uh, Sega. 31% uh, saying heck no, it's not. And then anything but Sonic got 24%. So, so yeah. I we see that J Mo Money and Mr. Uh, Joanna Dark created a bunch of sock accounts just so they can vote <laughs> in this thing. So those yeah, numbers we, are skewed. That, that's Stop all they had the to count. Do. <laughs> uh, the election was stolen. Sure, it and was. Sure. We, we need a revote. So, okay, real quick, before we get to, I want to talk about reviews in general for a little bit, but before we do that, let's touch a quick a quick bit on this Halo Infinite conversation where it has now been basically, and, and they've kind of televised this a bit, but now it's official. Uh, the co-op will not be coming in May. Neither will the, the Forge, neither will any of those other things. You know, uh, a lot of folks, I've, I've seen a lot of conversation about what's going on in Halo Infinite land. Uh, as recently as I think it was yesterday or two days ago, I saw Parasolity tweet out a uh, put out a tweet saying Halo Infinite should have been delayed at this point because all of these things are delayed anyway and it's making the game stagnant basically. So uh, Tay, I don't know, have you played Halo Infinite? Are you are you into the multiplayer scene there? What do you think of this latest news of them kind of pushing pushing the the the, the completion of the game out for a few more months? Um, so I, I did play Halo Infinite and I finished it. I think it's a good it's a good game. Um, there's some issues with it. Um, I don't think, for, for example, like one of my friends asked me, would I recommend Halo? And the answer was no. Because I think when you pay 60 bucks for a game with just a story campaign, it, it was, it didn't like, you know, I, I, 
if, if you've played Ghost of Tsushima, you've played um, Last of Us, you've played Horizon, you know, these are all single player games. You play Spider-Man and then, and then you ask me, yo, should I play Halo? I'm thinking, I don't really know. Just for the single player campaign. Um, the story isn't um, great. It's okay. Um, it kind of misses a few hits for me. I think the gameplay is extremely fun. And I think not having co-op really hurt it for me. Um, there's a lot about the game that I have issues with, even like the um, the lack of biomes and stuff like that. It's, it's just kind of felt a bit plain. Now I got into the multiplayer, and I have to say that's really fun. And it was different. You know, you can't use the battlefield Call of Duty, and then you playing Halo Infinite multiplayer. It's 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 great. I really actually like that a lot. I couldn't really factor that into my review for it because it's free to play. So how can I include that into a review? And um, anyone can get it. Um, the lack of co-op really hurts it because I'm actually really looking forward to playing that game with my friends. So right now, the fact that it's been delayed, I think hurts it even more. I think the lack of content the game has hurts the multiplayer even more. Should it have been delayed? Um, should it, should it that's delayed a tricky one. To like summer of this year where it comes with co-op and it comes with the forge and it comes with more maps. Like if I'm not mistaken and, and, and please, uh, uh, the chat please correct me if i'm mistaken they had promised that there would be twice as many maps at launch that actually released and to this day if i'm not mistaken the maps that the, the number of maps they promised still has not been hit yet so many months after its release they still don't have as many maps as they said they would at launch yeah so yeah even you know when i was playing the multiplayer obviously the lack the fact that i couldn't choose the game yeah. modes just things yeah. like this was really irritating i i, you know, I couldn't understand um, a lot of design choices what I, what I will say is this um i think from a consumer perspective like us i think the game should have been delayed but microsoft managed to pu push out a, a a halo infinite campaign with no co-op and you know lacking certain features as well and um, for the uh, the beta and they got some they got they got a lot of praise for it i think it got a lot of hype i think everyone loved it so i think from that perspective it's a win for microsoft um they win in that regards but um from a consumer point of view no i don't think so i think this game should have been probably potentially delayed um the lack of content is really hurting it and, and, and um, sad, i don't play the multiplayer like, anymore people, you would expect them to, to add more to the mix but it seems like they are committed to their plan, and that plan includes not adding anything for a while. You know, clearly something's yeah, up it's, there. You know. It's a really strange one, you know, and I, I was saying, like, you know, as soon as this game drops, you know, like, everything needs to be revalued at what happened in 343 to make sure this doesn't happen again. That kind of money doesn't just, like, you know, um, I don't want to say go to waste because I think the game is a good game. It just really lacks a lot of things. It's not, it's not a... I think it, it set it set the foundation that like Halo is back, but I don't think it knocked it out of the park, um, for sure. I don't I don't know how you guys feel about the campaign, but it was it was quite disappointing. The multiplayer is good, but after a while, I'm seeing the same maps over and over and over it's again. Because um, I, I I really uh, loved the campaign, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't I'm admittedly like I haven't been big in Halo multiplayer since Halo Three. So and I'm not big in any multiplayer game. So I was really only looking for the campaign. So for me, if they were, and I don't play co-op because I, I don't like people, right? Um, but for me, I was specific, like, this is the reason I didn't buy or even play Battlefield 2042. Mm -hmm. Even if the campaign was bad, that's all I was gonna do. So when I buy a game, it's specifically for that solo campaign. And my argument was always, if that campaign is ready, then release it to me. Now, that's a selfish argument. I get it. 
Um, and I can't speak to some of the deficiencies in terms of the, the multiplayer and ongoing plan because I was never planning on playing that. Now, if you, I, what I would like them to do is add sort of Destiny-style raids to it because I think the world of, of that Halo ring that they've set up is great and would benefit greatly from that. That's something I'm looking forward to not that it's been announced or anything like that, but that's something I'm looking forward to more than co-op or Forge or other multiplayer maps that I would never play. So, you know, selfishly, I, I, I again, I, my question is, can we have the, the adult conversations to say, hey, uh, 343, I'm calling you out. You're, you're calling this a service game and you're going to do two, you're treating us what you're calling a service-based game like it is a regular game. So you, what you should have done is just released it as a single package and say, this is what it is. Because you, you can't say this is a free-to-play thing, again, in the face of what all your other competitors are doing, in the face of what Destiny is doing, in the face of what Fortnite and, and Warzone are doing, all those things you think that you can come out and, and just release content in this environment it's not really going to work. That being said, I don't care about any of that stuff. What I care is about is a campaign. So can we say, hey, we get it. Uh, you need to fix these things. But if something is ready, put it out. Right. And 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 let's let's judge the thing you put out mm -hmm. based on that. So uh, I think they deserve whatever smoke they have for the multiplayer. Right because they called it a service-based game. We didn't. So when you say service-based games, there are certain things that people come to expect with that. And I don't think they're hitting that mark. But again, if this whole thing, this is not just a gas. This is a whole platform they're trying to turn into. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If that campaign's ready now, that solo campaign, don't make me wait for it. I was never going to play multiplayer or co-op, mm -hmm. right? I still have you don't you see even if I did play uh, multiplayer I played against bots right this is why slow mo keeps giving me all the all the whatever because I'm not playing multiplayer right so I say what do you look at it from a value prop um, point of view then so for example like the reason why I didn't recommend Halo to one of my guys is because it's sixty bucks just for the campaign which is short enough and there isn't really much there I think the open world is grand enough and like when it comes comes to different things I will tell them. Well, it's not like you really have... I feel like it was lacking a lot of aspects, so I didn't connect to any character, really. Um, I thought it would have been cool if there was, like, other Spartans alive, and let's say I could meet up with them and then do missions with them, you know, from a single... I mean, that's me maybe thinking a little bit outside right. the box there. Um, I didn't vibe with the weapon, per se, the new, uh, the new character. I didn't really vibe too much with the pilot. They had some good moments. So after all, like, I'm telling him, if you play on Game Pass, it's great. It's, it's, it's dope. But if you're gonna go out and pay sixty bucks for a single player campaign with no co-op, do you think you're getting the same value? Well, okay. Or do you think let me, there's something up there? Let me push there? back on that a, a, a little bit, right? Because I've played a ton of of I, just, I, I bought Ratchet and Clank for seventy dollars. Mm -hmm. I was done with that game in what ten hours? Yep. Twelve yep. hours? True. Right? There's no replay value there, but I feel like I got my money's worth. Right, because that experience of that twelve hours said to me that it was worth uh, seventy dollars. So, why does Halo 
I mean, maybe it should because it's a zeitgeist game, right? And maybe it does deserve to have different sets of eyes on it. But there are a ton of all you get is a story that lasts n number of hours, and it's a very linear experience that we've become accustomed to paying seventy dollars for. So why? I just bought Resident Evil. That's another one. Resident Evil Village. There's no multiplayer there. Play that game. It's longer than twelve hours for sure, but when it's done, it's done. You experience that campaign. Also, so she started off as a single player game. Like, I mean, obviously, it's, it, they knew it was going to be multiplayer, right? But they didn't add it at first because they knew it wasn't be done at that time. So they made you pay seventy dollars for a single player game, and then they dropped the multiplayer on you as a surprise, even though we all knew they had multiplayer. It just wasn't ready at the time, right? So. It is, it is difficult to determine that the price of the game based on the offerings gathered. Like look at look at uh, Battlefield. You know, there are Battlefields that came out that people and Battlefield diehards would go, well, that game has always been multiplayer anyway. They didn't change the price. They just took away the single player from you. And by and large, people loved it. Now, the latest and greatest one was not great, right? That's because of bugs and whatnot, but... You know. Slow Mo makes a good point here. Uh -huh. If they had Forge from the beginning, yeah. the community could have supported this. And I do think sure. that that's what will give the game a second life. Because once people start creating those Forge maps, mm -hmm. you know, that's really where the game is going to go and where it's going to live. It's going to be in the user-created content. And I think that was their plan the whole time. Why it's not ready today? Yeah. yeah. Who the hell that, knows? That is definitely a black but, eye on them. For sure. But again, no, no for denying. me, and I again, anything anybody has to say about multiplayer, I will not push back because I don't play multiplayer. But I will push Neither back against the campaign because I think what they released was worth my sixty dollars. Sure. And if and again, for what they did in terms of advancing while still being true to what Halo is, I think is similar to what we're seeing, at least from the talk that I see about Elden Ring, and I think I, I do commend them for what they've done with that campaign. I haven't had that much fun in a Halo campaign in over a decade. And I, I will give them all the credit for that, and, and to my mind, it's $60 well spent, and it is a, a, a good foundation that they've set to, to grow the campaign, not just the multiplayer. But again, they've done all of this to themselves because they called this a service base game and they are not treating it that way and anyone who's used to that is is seeing smaller companies with way there are 800 developers at 343 right now right so, i was so just with, on with a, that in oh, mind oh, with, oh, oh, oh. with right. that in mind let's ask the question that pixel beat g is asking right now so question needs to be asked what is 343 working on with that many employees with a game that just came out with the bugs that were there with the, the services that haven't been finished yet, with so many people, with so many hands that are in the pot at 343, the fact that it still has not been able to be released right now, what are they working on? That's, a, that's a, an interesting question. Um, honestly, I think this is a, if, if those rumors are true, people call the development cycle six years, but was it? Yeah, right? it, it definitely was in six years. Right. They, they when you hear about like they started, um, you know, using one engine and then they needed to change to another, and then you had all these problems and yep. there's all this technical debt, and then you add to the fact that uh, they're trying to be perceived as a good employer, and mm -hmm. how much are they dealing with crunch, and how much are they heavily relying on um, sort of vendors. 
to, to help them with all this process. Mm-hmm. I think that the game, based on what they wanted to release, so I'll, I'll you know, here, I'll give you your roses, uh, slow-mo. In terms of being a service game, I'm not talking about the campaign now, just talking about multiplayer. You know, they got to a place where after, you know, starting over development pipelines, maybe they were like, this game is not, not only is it not a year before we're done, maybe it's two or three years out when this game needs to come out, right? Because if they if they had to start over, right? And they did that midstream, maybe they only had two years of clear focused work to get to where we are today. And it's so, gonna take another two years to get to where they initially thought they were gonna be. I don't know. Okay, Everborn. So based on what you're saying here, and I, I, I appreciate the, where you're going with it, this leads me to my main conversation this week, which is what I wanted to discuss with you gentlemen, okay? And we will start with Halo, and you could bring in Elden Ring, you can bring in GT7, which has also been recently reviewed, you can bring in Forza, uh, you can bring in uh, for, uh, uh, Horizon Forbidden West, right? There have been reviews that have been perceived and taken, I wouldn't say the wrong way necessarily, but since... I contend that since these reviews come out from these organizations and they they are seen to be the review that nuance is left out and because of that some problems can happen like specifically for Halo for instance I think those games need to be there needs to be a re-review somewhere down its timeline because these games are not meant it's not a it's not a timestamp of, okay, this is what it looks like today, because what it looks like today could be completely different than what it looks like six months to a year from now. Look at Sea of Thieves, which got like a, what, a four out of whatever, or a six out of ten or whatever, and now it's considered to be many people's great game because they finally got the service there. These are service games, right? And service games grow and mature. The biggest one uh, of all, people still uh, uh, forget, and I don't know if Neo Mental's on here, shout out to him. He and I share that love. No Man's Sky. Game was the whipping boy of games for how many years? And now it is the biggest success story out there. They're still releasing free DLC. Still, to this day. New things get added all the time. They, they, now, they now got mechs that, they're, that you're jumping into and all this. But that game will always be forever solidified as a 4 out of 10 or whatever game because of the initial releases. Now, I'm not talking that that should be all games, right? Because there are those single-player experiences that come out, you know, the Nintendo games, if you will. Hey, it's done. Here it is. Give us a review. Those are separate. What we're talking about here is these ongoing gas service-based games that tend to be more and more in the conversation that evolve over time, right? Look at Fortnite. I mean, even look at Sea of Thieves, right? Honestly, I really feel like a lot of these service-based games... I think you more you can't judge them by what again this is not giving them a pass right of course but what I'm saying is in terms of how we are looking at a game mm-hmm. if if it's an ongoing game you I think you have to reevaluate what it is every year right every year if they launched right. at a four then okay in in 2020 or 2021 there are four there are six yep. but if in 2024 you know what I'm saying? It turns like to be a No Man's Sky or a Sea of Thieves thing, then you got to reevaluate it that year exactly based on what's, you know, 
exactly, what's the end? Exactly my point. Tay, what, what do you think about, about these ongoing games and how the reviews are being basically treated like your solid games, your play one and done, even though there's just a lot more to the, 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 the content, whether it be bugs that get fixed, whether it be uh, evolution of the systems, there's a lot that gets added over time, but it seems like specifically with, with uh, uh, games that are, that are ongoing, it seems like you only get one chance to make that impression, even though these games are making new impressions to new users years and years out, uh, down the line. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think there needs to be some level of adaptation. Um, you know, giving a game of four and then to then, you know, and then it gets improved and improved over the years and then you know, to leave it, leave it as that might sound bad. But at the same time, what, what I would say to that is, you know, I could look at that review and say, well, this review was two years ago. So it was a four two years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I want to update review, I need to go, you know, find somebody else who's reviewed it recently. I think that there's a lot of, you know, we just need to kind of think for ourselves and just, you know, 100%, 100%. Th- like t- yeah. type it in on YouTube and find out exactly what the most yeah. recent is. Like, for example, you would see and videos of people saying Dragon Age um, review, 2022 review. Mm. I think all that makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. But like, you know, if, I think it's a, I don't want to say it's laziness, but you know, there's a guy who reviews a game and he's thinking, well, I'm done with that game now. Like, do I really gotta go play it again and update my review? That, that's not on me. You know, you're the company, you're the one who, who put it out. You put that content out there for me to review on that particular date. I reviewed it, I'm done with it. I'm, I'm moving on to something else now. So even like a cyberpunk review, for example, yeah, does somebody who reviewed it need to go back and look at the patch and say, okay, well, here's my update review. But if you got time, then you got time. If you don't, you don't got time. Well, um, okay. No, huh? go ahead. Finish that thought. I, I want to add to what you're saying. I was going to say, um, I'll make it real short. For, for the service-based games, once again, I feel, yes, you should. But if you don't, that's not really on you. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not really on you. If you don't want to do an update for 2022 and say, okay, well, now it has new content, it has new weapons, all that kind of stuff, grand. If you like No Man's Sky, if you want to buy No Man's Sky, don't look at a review that came out four years ago for the game. That just doesn't make sense to me. Look at what's happening right now. Look at 2022 and see what people are saying about the game. So I'm not putting the onus on somebody from three years ago to update their review. That's not really them. Like, if I was to make a YouTube video on that, and he had 1 million views, do I need to make an update version and tell people like, okay, now it's a good game? Well, no, you can just go to another channel and then you can find that information out yourself. Yeah, I mean, I think we see it ha- happen sometimes, right? We see that Final Fantasy XIV has big um, updates and you'll see different uh, Metacritic reviews for the updates, not necessarily the game itself. And I think that uh, I'd like to see more of that when there is a worthy update. So it doesn't necessarily have to be tied to a year. But if you drop another sort of story campaign in a service game and another huge event, I think it is worthwhile for um, review outlets to to take a look at that, right? So you don't you're, you maybe not maybe you're not reviewing the game itself, but you're you're reviewing this thing. Like there should be, and I, maybe there are, but I feel like Destiny Witch Queen deserves a, a review for Witch Queen. I feel like that um, that uh, Sea of Thieves, Pirates Life or whatever it is that they did with uh, what do you call it? Uh, with 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 Pirates of the Caribbean, I feel like that deserved a thing. And if they do a story drop for Halo in season two, and they, you know, we see where that mission that Lasky sent Blue Team on, or we or we see where Commander Locke is, you know, I think that's worth 
uh, a re-review. I think I think Halo in season three, not necessarily whatever year that comes out. I think that's that deserves a review. Now you're not changing the score of the existing game, but you're reviewing the content as it is uh, presented to Since you. And I think you'll find value in that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you guys, and and I brought that up because the the. I've been thinking about all these aspects of reviews for a while now, especially with with Elden Ring that came out and and how that review was handled, uh, Forbidden West and how that review was handled, and now GT7 and how those reviews are being handled. I feel like, I don't know, maybe maybe it's time to revisit, rethink the process of reviewing video games because, and, and it's not necessarily shade on the reviewers. Or, uh, or the review process. It's more may possibly the, 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 the environment that this has been allowed to fester for as long as it has. Like, for a, a quick example of what I mean by this. Uh, a bunch of reviews for Elden Ring, which we've, we've spoken about at length, right? We've, we've, we've teased on multiple aspects of the game. But the thing that can be very clearly stated is that, let's say, for instance, uh, uh, um, uh, Halo Infinite, right? It was, it was, there was critique about the way the game looked. There was critique about the way the game played, whether for good or for bad. There was critique about missing features, right? There was critique about how it, it how the game translated to PC versus console, right? But those same reviewers and, and, and you know, pluses, minuses based on what they saw, right? Which is, which is valid. But those same reviewers, right? And by and large, it may not necessarily even be the same individuals, but because it's like IGN's review was this, or another team's review was that. When Elden Ring comes out, similar issues exist, but they get perfect tens because the gameplay was perfect. Or they, the reviewer saw that, oh, nothing, nothing I see that's detrimental takes away from this 10 out of 10 experience. So I won't even speak to any of those other things that the other games got literally dashed to pieces over, right? I honestly think that there's more nuance there and that it, it, it becomes difficult to take the review process seriously when serious reviewers themselves go, yep, we gave that a pass. Because that's literally what they said. They said, oh yeah, Elden Ring got a pass. Even though it's broken, literally broken, in every platform. It's getting better, but the no platform pays it at 60 frames easily. Unless you're playing a PS5 version, if you, unless you're playing the PS4 version on a PS5. All the, even PCs monster rigs everywhere can't even hit 60 and pcs are known to hit 120 frames per second no 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 from software lock the game down to 60 alone and most games can't even hit that so there's clearly issues here there's clearly technical issues with how it was built clearly technical issues in uh, certain decisions they've made from an art perspective some people say that the art is very drab uh what do you call it uh fallout fallout 4 got dashed for being very brown and very melancholy and and uh, uh, de desaturated, a lot can be said the same way about Elden Ring. But guess what? Oh, they get a pass, right? And although it is very true to say, look, these reviews and the Metacritics and all of that, they're not that important. You take what you will from it and then you move forward. But it's actually affecting people's uh, wallets in many respects, right? Some de some developers get pluses and minuses, bonuses based on some people's opinions using Metacritic, among other things, right? So you would hope that the that the method of review process is held to a higher standard and that is it's doled out equally. It seems that that's not what's happening here. <laughs>
you know and i think that us us gamers and i, and I consider us hardcore gamers because we talk games we live games we we're, we're always about games i feel like these are conversations that should be acknowledged and should be potentially looked into to find better ways around it you know uh another quick example i'll let you go today uh gt7 they're talking a lot is being said about gt7 and game uh, uh, car lovers love the game which i wouldn't expect i would i wouldn't expect any different because they really polyphony digital puts their life into this game right uh, they were the standard that forza met right but they were the standard meaning they were the industry standard they did the best work at all times and by and large the argument is that hey uh, that forza has either met that standard or exceeded it in some way right in this latest game it hits the uncanny valley where it doesn't look real but it looks too real it's a little weird from a graphic perspective it's floating on top of the the, the the tracks rather than on the tracks you can see certain weird issues uh, the, the the they they opted for not really choosing uh, uh what do you call it uh, licensed music so a bunch of the music is very random really weird none of those things are being taken into consideration whereas these are considerations that would be taken on other games pick your pick your game right it just seems to me that these this criteria that they the 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 reviewers want to be held as important and necessary are being used or dashed based on their whim and i think that may not be necessarily helping gaming discourse as a whole. my long-winded rant tay what do you think um i have a few thoughts on it really Please. because i think it's good for the industry when these things happen mm -hmm. because i think it allows everyone to realize that a lot of these reviews are opinionated mm -hmm. and Everybody has their preferences. Maybe someone's having a bad day. Maybe someone's tired of open world games. Um, and more importantly, I think when you have such a situation like this where everyone says this game is great and then the users, um, the user base pushes back and says it's not that great, for example, I think what it does is, and I, I look at like maybe content creators like YouTubers, right? It allows them to say, you know what? I don't agree with what IGN or GameSpot is saying or game traders or wherever it may be. I'm going to start creating my own content and I'm going to start reviewing games the way I think it should be. And that's how you get your ACGs. That's how you get all these other content creators who, you know, get more reviews yes, yes. than um, than the agents or whatever. So I think it's great. I think it's actually going to, that, that's what's going to So you're saying to. that because they are stagnating, it gives room for new voices to come and say what they should be saying. Okay. That, exactly. I think that is an excellent point. And, and, you know, people say that about politics, right? Mm. If you don't like anyone that's running then that's a sign that you should run, yeah. right? Okay. Because there are people yeah. like you, people that think like you, people with your same sort of level of taste that will find value in what you have to say. Mm -hmm. And if writ large, whether it's a complaint about uh, bias or, or giving passes or not re-reviewing things or not completing games, then that tells me that there is a void that, that, that could be filled by the community. And today, the, the barriers of access to reaching an audience, they're based, they're effectively non-existent, mm. right? You can talk directly to an audience of, of like-minded people and grow that base. So instead of pointing our fingers at these reviewers for what they did and didn't do or pointing at aggregate sites, how about you go and review the games in, in, to, the same, to the standards that you believe should be upheld and a lot of people that agree with you will find value in your review. 
So uh, instead of sort of adding to the the, the, the Michigas, that's your word, how about you go and do something about it and, and, and actually set up a channel, do reviews, finish the games, and, and, and find an audience that will listen to you and be the standard that you want to see. You know, to that point you just said, um, I was say, to that point you just said is um, Elden Ring, for example, right? I've got a, a few um, YouTubers on my feed, you know, small YouTubers, and it's this game is not worth this. Don't lie, don't listen to the liars. It's not a masterpiece. It's a good game, but it's not that great. And you can see those videos are blowing up, yeah. And you can tell again subscribers from that. So that could be it right there. Those guys then start creating content, and you know people start to enjoy what what their content is, and then they grow. What? So in that part, we don't really like. I'll, whenever I buy a game or I am, um, I want to read a book or whatever. Yeah, I read like ten reviews on it, and I think when people talk about, let's say, oh well, Elden Ring didn't look great or whatever. Yeah, but you're watching it on 1080p on YouTube in the first place. Like you know how the game looks like. You're like, what do you I'm mean? It didn't, know, it didn't look good. It is a, a slight step up, up above a 360 game. I said it. Ooh. I'm standing on that square. <laughs> a slight step. But huh? but, but you see, <laughs> fight me. <laughs> I mean, but you see, the, the point there is that, like, a lot of these games, you, we know how they look like. Right. Like, you know, no one's reading magazines anymore. Like, you're watching it on YouTube, so you have a good idea of, of the aesthetic of the game, you know? So, at that point, I'm thinking, well, why are you complaining about the look of the game? I mean, you saw it on YouTube. You knew exactly how it looked like. Um, so, there's a lot. I just, I, people do like to complain a little bit, which is fine. That's where everyone has an opinion. Um, when it comes to reviews, they all have opinions. That's that's what it is, you know. I think the guy from IGN gave Dying Light 2 a bad mm. score because there was a lot of lag. It was it was buggy for him. It wasn't buggy for me at all. But I, I factored that into my purchase. They're like, okay, well, he said it was bad. This guy said it was okay. That guy said it was good. Like, I watched like seven reviews on Dying Light 2. And then I came to the conclusion from seven review sources that I more or less trust and not trust just to see a, like, you know, a wide range of opinions. I'm gonna buy the game, and I bought it, and so, it was fine. It was, here's, it was fine. A, here's a general rule that I that I take with reviews. Uh -huh. um, by and large, this is not the case every time, but the same way I do with movies, I actually don't watch reviews until after I've watched a, a mo the movie myself, because I want because when you when someone tells you something, right? That's the beginning of your inception, and then you're gonna experience this, this thing with that other person's view in mind. And I don't really wanna know what you think about the game because I wanna form my own opinion. So usually I don't look, I don't read any reviews until after I've played the game, and then it's for me, it's more like a discussion to see what they say and see if I agreed with it after I've watched the film or played the game for myself. Elden Ring was a um a rare exception because it scored so high i was like there's no way hive mind. i won't like it it couldn't it couldn't get a 97 and i'm not gonna like it i'm not i'm not reading the reviews because i want to experience it myself but 97 says this is a game that i should play now instead of waiting until it comes to game pass or something and, and in, so I in got, hindsight were you right or wrong i i mean i'm like you know, almost 20 hours into the game. So and right. I literally think about, like right now I'm thinking about getting back to Elden Ring in the grind. So even with all my complaints that, I, <laughs> that are all still true. Still true. I, 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 the game has its hooks in me. So it's worth the 97 meta. 
Yeah, I, no, absolutely not. No, no way, shape, or form. However, not everything needs to be uh, binary. And even with my issues with the graphics, right, that does not take away from my experience of the game. The stutter doesn't take away from my experience with the game. It is a whole. It's a number of things, right? So I, I, what, what, again, what people eat don't make you shit, as they say, right? You don't need to chew my food for me. Let me chew my food. That I get that was my one, right? <laughs> so, but I say all of this to say, uh -huh. um, and they're talking about this a little bit in the chat, and I tweeted it yep. earlier in the week. the The problem is the score. Mm -hmm. I think we should get rid of scores, scores in, in general. A That's simple right. buy no buy recommendation, mm -hmm. and the the creme de la creme should get the must play badge. That's all you get. Yeah. Buy no buy, must play. Everything else, I think it should be, and I get not everybody has time to read every article, but you can give people bullet points on each review that they can look at at the top, yep. and they can those bullet points can be in categories. So, you know, what's the bugginess like? What's the story like? Mm -hmm. What are the graphics like? Yep. What is the sort of ongoing nature of it like? What's the foundation? These are the, the ga gameplay, right? And then people can say for what they're looking for, you have these bullet points. Yep. Or you could do pros and cons. There's different ways to do it. But the score itself is reductive. Mm. All the work that these hundreds, sometimes thousands of people over n number of years put into making a game to simply reduce it down to this uh, 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 score yeah. is kind of like you're doing them and yourself a disservice because that doesn't tell the whole story. Yep. The score doesn't matter. You should listen to what people are saying about this and i'm not no, saying i, I don't decide with you. to spend your money on a thing yeah. before <laughs> before actually paying attention to the reviews don't do that if you don't want to but do try to make up your own mind and stop paying so much attention to no. attention to the score but actually look at the content of the review and no. i think can get enough uh, info to make an informed decision i don't disagree with you and i also i also think that taste taste comments on uh, uh, leaving open more room for different voices to speak on things that that maybe the reviews didn't hit on initially. That is, those are very good points. Uh, it's just when you join the gaming environment and you start like getting involved, and not everybody's as hardcore with it as we are, right? You start understanding that these are the the gatekeepers, the stalwarts, the people who are supposed to represent you, the consumer, and tell you what to stay away from what not to stay not to say that that's what i'm that's that's what i do with it but that is what that's what they're there for right that's the the main focus of these reviews and they take themselves relatively seriously in most cases right so i i, I find it interesting that depending on the the, the subject matter or depending on the sub, substance some things are taken into actual consideration whereas others are completely dashed like a, a quick example for a uh, horde of uh, uh uh, Horizon Forbidden West. Okay, I'm 88 hours in. I love that game. I think I'm maybe one mission away from the end. I may very well platinum it. I'm still loving it. A bunch of reviews came out. None of them have spoken to the amount of bugs that I have experienced. And those who follow me on Twitter know the amount of bugs I've experienced because every time I experience a new one, I post it on Twitter. And it's a growing list. Doesn't take away from how great that game is. Doesn't take away from the fact that I'm still hooked and I'm gonna play it. And beat it but if you're if you a, a large organization are going to purport to be there for the consumer and make sure that that consumer 
you know, gets the best information to make an informed decision. You would think that the fact that this game has a lot of bugs, a lot of bugs, is something that's at least mentioned, right? Uh, G Can I ask you a yeah, question? Go ahead. How many um, casuals do you think um, watch IGN or read their reviews? Um, IGN specifically, I would say a lot because mm. they, they have transcended beyond okay. the, the hardcore, right? They they, they are, they are yeah. now so big that they're franchised. You have IGN Italy, you have IGN, you know what I'm saying? They, they have mm. a, a large hardcore contingent, of course, but their name is so big that it transcends their hardcore frame and there are many casuals who also use that yeah. as, a, as a barometer for purchases. I actually get what you're saying. I actually do. Um, I think there needs to be reviews need to be better. To be honest, I, I guess maybe the way I look at it is when I don't agree with a particular review, I think someone has said something wild. I just don't bother with them sure. anymore. Yeah. I really just move away. Um, but I, I do understand that you know, like you said, they have some power. Yes. And I remember I was having this discussion with um with someone a while ago, and they can influence um, you to buy certain mm -hmm. things. But I remember when I was younger, IGN was very big, like brand wise. And now you go to the comment section, everyone's like rolling their eyes, like, oh yeah, these guys again with their crappy reviews. Um, so no, I I, I do understand what you're yeah. saying. I, I do get and, it. And, and so that um, we're clear, you know. We, we know where to put mm -hmm. these people. We know where to put these reviews because clearly those of yeah. us who pay attention in these spaces, we spend our time consuming the media a lot more. And when you consume that media a lot more, you start getting the nuances. Oh, GameSpot does this. IGN does that. You yeah. know, uh, uh, shout out to Game On Daily. They do this, right? You start getting that. Mm -hmm. It's just even beyond what we do, I still feel like, like you're saying, these larger outlets hold a lot of sway and a lot of power right and because of that yeah. some of their behaviors can't be just pushed to the side ah let's move forward it's allowing certain certain i would I, I hesitate to call it bad behaviors but it allows for certain things to fester like for for example uh 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 because horizon forbidden west was given a bad review by St by Stiviva, right they are now claiming that they didn't get a gt7 review there's there's rumor and conversation. I heard I right? heard about that. There's rumor and conversation about maybe they broke uh, embargo. That's why. Needless to say, there is a strong sense that you have to you have to play your position. If you don't, you're no longer part of the in crowd, and because of that, you will mm -hmm. no longer be allowed to continue moving forward in what you consider your livelihood, which gives them a lot of power, right? So, you know, so something that may be worth mentioning that would inform your consumers, you won't mention because, hey, you don't want to slap the hand that feeds you kind of a thing, right? And I genuinely think that although reviews are useful and they will continue to be useful, these things kind of ruin it for everybody, you know? Uh, the whole, the whole uh, uh, Elden Ring review that came out that was like glowing 100%. Everborn was yeah. right on the money when he said, they just sent review codes to Elden Ring Soulsborn from soft players, right? Usually your Metacritic reviews are like 150 or whatever reviews and then they aggregate from there. Elden Ring was like 44. So only the ones mm -hmm. who were specifically in that bag already got that code, right? And all of them go... You're saying they're gaming the system. Exactly. 
and all of them go glowing, <laughs> right? And because of that, everyone's like, oh, wow, like 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 everyone said, 97, this, that demands a This is the equivalent of them uh, only giving review copies of Halo to people like me and Pixel. Exactly. exactly. Right? Exactly. We loved it. So if you just gave that to, to be a pixel, Halo would have been a 98. Yes. Right? That's not fair. You, I'm not saying you don't give it to those people, but you should give it to everyone so that the general populace can get uh, exactly. a consensus of what, what, what is out and there. And if that's not where we're going to go yeah. with it, at least be specific and very forthcoming in what you're doing. Oh, IGN, and I keep I keep picking on IGN. Forgive me. It's, it, I'm just using them because they're a big voice, but there are many other voices. You can easily say this is reviewed by a FromSoft gamer, loves this game. You know, this is what it's. This is the review from this person's perspective. But the first time I saw the the accolades review of of, of Elden Ring with all those tens, my suspect meter just went through the roof. I'm just like, mm, I see y'all out there because this is not a normal man's review. And this is going to fool people into thinking, oh, From finally came to the populate to the popular. Anyone can play. No, it's not. It's still a FromSoft game. But the reviews did not make mention of that, right? You could see it if you read the tea leaves and realize that only real some FromSoft reviewers reviewed it. But by yeah. and large, it looked like, oh, they finally broke through. And look at what's going on as far as the numbers are concerned. They did break through. And I doubt all those people who bought those games will even be close to even playing halfway through. A bunch of them will go, oh crap, I thought this was going to be one of the games that finally was approachable to me. It's not. Throw it away. But they already got your money. No, you just got to grind for 15 hours like I did. You know what I'm saying? Get to level 50 and start the game. And then it feels like a normal game. Yes. It fooled a lot I'm of all, people. I almost have like a cynical, I have like a cynical please, take on please, it, which is those people who, those people who, um... Bought the game and it's like, oh, this game is very different. Well, next time, do your research more. This is from software. Go read up a little bit more about the I game. Don't like, don't focus on, on one review. I don't disagree with you on that. You know, be, like I, I did see a Reddit post. Somebody saying like, oh wow, like all the reviews made it seem like this game was, you know, a good, exactly. great game. And I played it, and it's not for exactly. me. It's like, well, if you actually read a lot of reviews, you would have known that in the first place. And now, I hope in the future, when you want to buy a game, you don't do that. It's the same thing with Cyberpunk as well, right? It came out, you know, it, it, it was all over the place, right? Well, now you know don't pre-order games these are these are learning these are lessons we learn and we move forward i don't like we can say the industry needs to adapt but sometimes how about you just change you just but, adapt uh, and then you and, just follow through right and I, and I think two things can be true at once right we can hold people accountable by not rushing just to say me first and buying the game day one right and actually see hey is this thing having bugs that i that i wouldn't be able to tolerate i have a high tolerance level for bugs they don't bother me that much when i play a game because guess what i've been playing games since the days of sega right and i know and i've pop-in is not something new when you're talking about 3d games right Let, let's we can talk game, about when the game virtual slows down, fighter when the game slows down right? and we, we were kids, we thought it, it was slowing down on purpose to accentuate the moment, not the fact that the memory was losing. I came from the days of blowing into oh, cartridges. Yeah. So That's right. All of this is amazing to me. <laughs> That's right. But I get it. My game crashed once when I was a kid, and I remember saying, like, oh, the computer paused there the game. Go. Okay, That's I'll right. just wait. <laughs> right? So, but, but, but this is the thing. Um, so I, I, I think it's a balance, right? Mm -hmm. We need to show them by not continuing to go out and buy these. Because if you, if you buy 
buy every game on day one like a lot of us do and i know a lot of us in here are content creators so it's kind of like we're doing a service by you know buying these things and playing them and telling people what we yeah, think yeah, yeah. But, but, but if you're going around and buying all of these games day one just to complain about it they don't care what you say on twitter they don't you bought the game they got your all money you. that's right so so yeah. how about wait maybe wait don't play the game day one until you're comfortable with uh what you're seeing about it and they will learn by hey we, we actually lost day one sales mm-hmm. we can't put this out yeah. in see but, but see that's exactly my point because of the reviews and how it was perceived and how people jumped on it now they've recognized the opposite hey we gained the system and we were and it worked really well it is in our best interest to obscure what this is like as much as possible so that everyone thinks it's glowing and by the time maybe we'll maybe we'll lose 40 percent of the players but hey we got your cash already it is what it is it does, right it doesn't matter. you remember that saying um fool me once mm, shame on yes. Yeah. That's what it is. Like, if, like if, many times, times. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, but yeah, at, at, at that point, whose fault is it? Exactly. Then? Right. You know, it can't can be them. Like, you've got to look at ourselves and, and say, like, what's going on here? If Cyberpunk, right? This is why. If Cyberpunk messed you up uh-huh. before, and you go buy a CD Projekt Red game yeah. again, and you pre-order it, then at that point, it's not even their it's fault. Yours. It's your you fault. Like, I don't know. I don't want you buying it again. No, just wait a day or two. That's all you gotta do. Wait one day or two. Wait, you don't need to be the first one. Get the game in their hands, and yeah. then like exactly. make make your decision. Then, and I'll say it right now. Like, I played uh, Spider-Man 2018, mm-hmm. God of War, um, Days Gone, and Horizon for the first time in 2021. All of those games, save for Horizon, because it just hasn't grabbed me yet, and I'm like 10 hours in. But all of those games are amazing, and I got no bugs. I'm playing it on the PS5, 60p FPS patch. I'm not saying you need to wait three years to play a game, but if, if, if Tay, we take your model from earlier, and we say, listen, I'm, I'm playing this in PlayStation Plus, and I got one year. Within that one year, all those bugs are going to be worked out. Resolved, yeah, that's right. You're going to get in there and play it, your and it's going to experience- sink. And you didn't pay $70 of, like everybody else. Yeah. Your right? first experience of, uh, what's that game that came out that was very buggy that you couldn't sleep? What's it? <laughs> that would what's, break? Returnal. Oh, Returnal. Your first experience of Returnal F-F-F. now will be completely different than the, the experience of Returnal when you first started. That's what, I'm not going back. They had though. a bunch of bugs, right? Is there a save? Can you save? You can save, yes. No, you no, can't. Yes, you can. No, you can't. No, you can make a spot to come back to. It's yes, not the same as the save where uh, I'm, I'm not wasting my time on it. There you go. Right, I love triggering let, let, him. I don't know if you're done with this, but I do want to bring something up. Yeah, please bring it up. Bring it up. Bring it up. Yeah, uh, yeah. Returnal. I think with all the bugs and with all the issues about reviews and all this other stuff and all delays on roadmaps and things like that mm-hmm. i do think the industry writ large is it may be uh turning a corner that i love to see so between returnal not my favorite game but it, you know it has its fans uh and um elden ring and halo infinite I think we're really seeing like high profile games where gameplay is king and the loop, the gameplay loop is king. And I think a lot of the love that you see for Elden Ring is because they've 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 nailed that gameplay loop. And I think with Returnal, it's a flawed implementation of roguelike aside, that loop 
is is really uh, amazing. And I think I think even with all the problems that people have with Halo, that loop they nailed it. So this idea of not leaving um, the serious gameplay loop. Uh, focus to indie games and we're seeing big budget high profile games focus on like that gameplay loop and it being king I think I w I'd love to see more of this and we've we have three examples right so there I will I, I will push back lightly lightly on Elden Ring because like gameplay loop come on now if you haven't locked on a character any range the things you throw just go into the ether there's a reason that um, <laughs> that that people can't put this game down. I'm not talking about the True. reviewers. True. I hated this game at first, and now I can't put it True. down. True. We're, we're on the other side of the looking glass. I understand. But even in gameplay loop territory, I have issues with that game. <laughs> I'm still playing it. I'm 37, level 37 right now. I'm still playing it. But even if, like, because, like, again, many reviewers that I, I respect and I appreciate they have come out and said, oh, you know what? We gave this game a pass because the gameplay loop was just so tight. I've heard them say this, right? Whereas they 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 judge other games critically, but this game got a pass and got a perfect 10 because the gameplay loop was so good. You can't aim a bow and arrow at anyone unless you lock on them. You can't because it'll just like flail it wildly. Whereas yeah, every other game- doing something that keeps you wanting to go back, right? It's, it's something they're doing. And it, it's it's a very specific kind of gameplay, and they they focus on that. And I feel like I feel like people like what they like, and because of that, they they justify everything around. No, but here's the thing: like. I didn't like it. I, I'm I'm the. No, I'm, I'm not talking about you specifically. Case. I'm not talking they about you want, specifically. They... Go ahead. I'm talking about in general, like because because the same thing, this exact same gameplay loop, right? If a game comes out that insisted that you lock on characters before any ranged weapon would work, they would get skewered in the public. Skewered. How is it that you have to lock on to this character before anything goes their way? Like, uh, uh, Forza, uh, I'm sorry, I keep saying Forza. Uh, Forbidden West, for instance, right? No lock on. You can aim your weapon at the enemy. If you do well, it hits him. You do not well, it misses him. Uh, Elden Ring, you have to use the lock-on system. There is no manual aiming whatsoever. You're just kind of flailing wildly unless you have a lock-on. I, like, I get it. But it's I, clearly I, broken in comparison. I, think, I don't think that it's broken, right? But I, so the thing uh, is, like, I think this is the, the point that I'm, I guess, trying to make, whereas I think games have gotten into this, um, you know, uh, QTE event uh, loop where you're not really playing a game, you're going through the story and they're making you think you're playing these scripted events. And I, I bring up- Lu Lucius, uh, forgive me, Lucius, you're right, but there's no radical. There's no way of seeing, okay, I'm aiming here or I'm aiming there. It's just an empty screen. There is no actual, you know, point to let you know, here's where it's gonna go. That's why I say there's no manual aiming. I, forgive me, he was, he was replying back continually yeah so so the point is this idea that we're not in that hey we're gonna jump down to slow motion so you can do this and give you a funky camera angle to make you feel like you're playing a movie mm -hmm. or, or or whatever these and you think linear it's paths right it is just this is the game this is the loop we're not trying to trick you that you're playing something that you can't really control and press X at the right time sure, or sure. whatever. I'm, yeah, I'm not asking for that. This is a game 
through and through and you sure. play it. And to me, that gets to the heart of, of uh, what what gaming is. And I do appreciate a great story, but not everything needs to be like that. And I oh, think yeah, yeah. we were only seeing indie games really focus on gameplay loop because they couldn't afford to do the, the QTE events, right? Because those scenes are very expensive uh, to do. So now, now that we have big budget, you know, 50 million, 100 million dollar games, like really just focusing on the gameplay, I think that's a positive uh, uh, for, Tay, for Tay, gaming. We will right? let you, we'll let you finish this topic off. What are your thoughts on this? I was going to say, you know, the, the Nintendo does that really well, you know, the, the gameplay uh-oh. Did we lose him? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here. Oh, no. Um, oh. No, he's back. He's back. He's back. No, I'm back. So, oh, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. I was saying that... All right. Nintendo does do that. They've yeah. always done that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do that really well. And I remember playing Dying Light 1, and I played a few years after the game came out, and... I remember I was just blown away. I really loved the game. But it was the gameplay that really got me. The story wasn't particularly amazing, but it was just the mm-hmm. gameplay, right? Mm-hmm. And fast forward to Dying Light 2, because I'm kind of used to the gameplay now and, you know, it wasn't like a new thing anymore, I expected a little bit more from the story. And while it was better, it didn't kind of like reach those those heights for me. So, yeah, I, I feel it, it's the gameplay element of about, things about now. Dying Light it, it's going to make you... Just, just to ask a question, because you've played both of them set mm-hmm. back to back. I've heard a lot of conversation about the yeah. fact that Dying Light 2 actually regresses the gameplay loop a bit. Whereas in Dying Light 1, you had to be on your game... At night, the the the, the, mm-hmm. the was it freakers? No, it's not freakers. That's a different game. The zombies were out in force and were really pushing yeah. you. Dying Light Two kind of pulls that back a bit and doesn't go all the way like Dying Light One did. Yeah, so I didn't. I never felt really threatened or afraid, if that's mm-hmm. the word to use in Dying Light Two. One, which is strange. I, I felt really right. overpowered. Yeah. yeah, one was a lot more like it, it got to me a lot more, and maybe that's why I was a little bit. Uh, a little bit more annoyed at them the fact that i also finished the game quite early um but you know the, the loop itself in dying light 2 like so i remember playing one I, I was you know jumping from place to place i was running up i was doing everything and it was great in two it didn't really happen as much so i felt like maybe the gameplay as you said did maybe regress a little bit at least for me anyway um but it's to that point of yeah, I think it's better that we focus okay. on um, the gameplay elements of things as opposed to like all these little details. You know, I played Xenoblade and I love that game so much. It's a, it's, a, it's an amazing JRPG games, but they, they get a lot of things wrong in the game as well. But I never really talk about that because the gameplay and the story was just enough for me to kind of ignore these little minor bugs or, you know, um, quality of life improvements. So when you, when you kind of mention um, Elden Ring and some of the things that it's clearly a mistake, I'm looking at it from this point of view. Is the world so enticing? Is the is the gameplay loop gameplay loop so good? Is the fighting bosses? Is is everything about the game so good that it makes you forget all those little things? So when I see these reviews that says 10 out of 10, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt that they're saying the gameplay is so good that like forget about the graphics. Graphics are irrelevant in this case. Forget about all these other things it's not important the gameplay is enough and now you can look at them and say well you know you reviewed horizon and you praise it for the graphics so much i don't i, I can see that i can see how it's different because horizon is a different game and i'm, I'm looking at elder room separately from that 
I don't know if I'm saying. No, like, no, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. You, the, 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 yeah. Whatever you're bringing to the table, be a gameplay or story, must be so good and so enticing that it overshadows every other part of the game. And and when you achieve exactly. that, then all the other aspects that may not be as uh, uh, top notch or top tier can be excused because what you were able to achieve is so good that it overshadows everything else. I think that's what you're exactly. Saying. That's precisely my point there. Yeah, you said it really well, actually. Understood. No, I, I understand. I understand. I appreciate the the various aspects that the, the, the people are coming at from it, and and no one answer is the right answer. I just thought it was an interesting conversation that that deserved to be had because you know people are like loving Elden Ring, and I would love to have more folks have a conversation about what they think of it what they don't think of it you know the normal man's review right oh and, and shout out to mr boomstick yeah, yeah. thank you sir for, for, for coming and, and and checking us out sir he he also is one of those who started off going really elden ring you know and now he's through the looking glass he's all about elden ring so you know yeah. it's, it's, an, it's been an interesting couple of days talking with folks you know seeing how they feel about it so and obviously Elden Ring is going to be a, a topic of conversation for quite some time because people are discovering more and more as they go which I guess do you think it's game of the year I, I think it's too too soon to tell but if if you were to have that game of the year conversation today everyone will put it on the list you know I may not but that's because I haven't really clicked I like what I've been playing so far I have enjoyed it so far I'm at a point where I, I grinded a little bit just to get my level up a little bit, and now I'm just walking through the world and, and approaching things as I do. You know, if you kill me, you kill me. You know, we'll, we'll go. Death is part of the game, so it is. It is fun what I'm yeah. playing. I'm just not sure it deserved as many accolades as it as it got. Like I, as I said, yeah, I was yeah. the one who went full uh, full fledged into Forbidden West, and I still think Forbidden West is an amazing. I mean, I love. You think it's a better game? For me, yes. For me. But that's because I'm 88 hours into Forbidden West. I was all about Horizon okay. Zero Dawn. I loved that story. And there were mistakes that were made in Horizon uh, Forbidden uh, Zero Dawn. As far as uh, graphically or how they would talk to people or whatever. And all of them seems to be on this list that that uh, that uh, a gorilla went and, okay, we'll fix this. Okay, we'll fix Like, they literally went in and systematically corrected a lot of the problems that the initial that, that initial critique was about so to me i was yeah. all in on the story in the first place i think the second time it's great you know the moment to moment it's a better game in my opinion but by and large you know uh, and, and everborn will, 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 will clown me for it you can tell what the game of the year is because when the choices come and they say go left or go right whatever choice i make it's the opposite that we win so well <laughs> i mean <laughs> So I, I want to ask you this, right? So you've played both. Um, these things that you find kind of egregious sort of uh, gameplay-wise um, or non-intuitive gameplay-wise, mm -hmm, not, mm -hmm. not saying like Victor Alistine said, like the game is obtuse, yeah. but is it because you're playing Horizon right now where it's like, well, they do it here, so I'm expecting no. to do it that way? No, 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 no. In, it's not because... Elder. Because they're, they're kind of similar games. I know they're very they're different. Kind, they're, yes, they they're are slightly kind of similar. similar. Open world adventure games where you walk around beating things up. That's yes. And they're both kind that of is, RPGs. That, they're both One RPGs holds your hands you a lot more than the other. Sure, sure. But the reason why I frame my argument the way I do is because I don't use Horizon as my barometer. I use many of the games that have come before it. 
yes, it is true that Golden Axe, Golden Axe exists, that Ack Razor exists, that, you know, all those, and all of all them. All those things that Microsoft will bring back when they buy Sega. <laughs> all of them, like, had their way, right? You learn the, the gaming language with them, right? And over time, that gaming language has become more complex. It's more understandable. We all now know when you see a red barrel, that's the exploding one. That is, I use that as my example, but that's the quintessential idea of gaming language. They don't have to tell you that, but you know that because you know the gaming language. It seems to me that From took that language and went, you know what? Everyone knows this. Let us teach them something new. And in doing so, some some decisions they made were great and, and monumental, and others not so much. In my humble. Uh, so here, my my I guess issue, and I, I want to uh, actually get back to the game of year discussion after I say this. Um, for me, I I've, I'm trying to figure out because some of the issues that people have with Souls games are design mechanics from a long time ago that the industry has moved on from. Okay. Meaning, um, you do an attack, you're stuck in that attack until that slow animation completes, Finishes, yeah. right? Um, and and it, because in earlier days of game design, like you couldn't, you didn't have the, 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 the tools to sort of say, we're gonna transition from this animation to that animation. So it's all state-based and you have to be in this state and it's not until the last frame of this state that you can move to the next mm -hmm, thing. Mm -hmm. that, those are things that used to constrain game development. They do not need more. So instead of addressing those things, they've, they've just kept them the same. And that is not necessarily saying, hey, this is what we are. That is just saying, we didn't feel like fixing this, right? And it, it, is there a way to say, let's let's see. To me, it's, the, what you're describing is kind of like Resident Evil keeping tank controls in Resident Evil. Yes. No, no, but that's my point. I'm, 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 I'm giving them smoke right now. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, get saying, I get that, I get that. I get that. I, so I'm saying how much of it is we're adhering to the feeling of FromSoft games versus we're just leaving things this way because that's the way they've always been. It's yeah. like you have all this cruft that is like, say, in Windows, and when they want to make Windows 11, yeah, it's bring all the cruft over. the surface, but all of that all other the stuff from the control panel, and yeah. there's still these window, these yes. uh, old UI designs from yep. Windows 98 still there because they just see, never got around to doing them. See, and and how point, much that is in Elden? Your point is very, very valid. My issue is, in Windows, people point out the Croft and go, come on, guys, there's still Croft here. But on, on FromSoft games, they go, that's part of it. It's a feature, not a bug. Again, it's like problem. using the puppets and animatronics in Star Wars. It's not necessary. But anyway, now to the Game of the Year discussion. Uh -huh. I, I have a question. In the face of the, the all the popularity that Elden Ring has now, mm -hmm. right? and everything that we know that people will love about Ragnarok. And what we think, again, this is Bethesda proper, first new IP in 30 years, new engine, all those things. What we think will happen with um, uh, Starfield, right? Um, maybe Breath of the Wild 2 comes out this year, though I doubt it, because, uh, you know, Nintendo's just gonna Nintendo, but if it does, Indeed. does this sort of, um, technical masterpiece of a game horizon 
does it does it even get nominated in the face of those other games? That's that's we're a good very question, early man. in the year, right? Good question. This this game can't seem to stop getting its lunch eaten. It's just ridiculous. Like last remember that time, movie Life with Eddie Murphy and oh yeah, um, of course, like uh, Horizon like Lawrence. can't get. <laughs> that's right. It, it always comes out, does great stuff, but then they go, well, Breath of the Wild, eat your lunch. And then they do the same. And this time, Elden Ring is eating its lunch. And I still contend that this is a, de I mean, more than decent game. Like last, last week, we talked about how they represented black people in this game. It is, like, noteworthy how well they represent people in general in this game. The, the level of, of fidelity they put on their faces, the way they move, they're like they're hitting on a new level with this game. Bugs notwithstanding, hand holding notwithstanding. I get all that. But of course, being that this came out on, a, on a February, right, in the, the year of our Lord 2022, so many other games are going to eat its lunch. Primary example being uh, FromSoft's Elden Ring, you know. I, I, I hear you, Everborn. I don't think this game will be spoken about during Game of the Year time. And for me, that's a bit of a travesty. I think this game deserves some respect, personally. I think it's a victim of its uh, the year it came out in. Um, Elder Ring is, is, is going to likely be Game of the Year. And I would also imagine the only games that's going to probably stop it. I don't think Ragnarok is going to stop it, as good as that game might be. I, don't th I, think it's, I think when you look at God of War Ragnarok, it's going to be more of the same except better and i think that's not enough i think you need to do something you need to go a bit more beyond um and i think that's where starfield probably comes in i think if starfield captures that skyrim feeling you exactly. had when you played popular, the first skyrim game everybody can get in kind of vibe that might take it yeah that kind of i think sky i think starfield probably is the only game that's probably gonna take down elden ring if horizon does you know i mean one argument you could actually make is that because it's so early in the year as it gets towards the end of the year, you might get a chance to like step back and look at it. So maybe these reviewers who are just maybe crazy about Elden Ring and overhyped it for whatever reason, they might look back and say, you know what, that was a bit of hype. That game isn't really a 10. It's, a, it's more of a 9. And I think that's where maybe Horizon can start to like creep in, you know, when people start to like look at these, these games again. Um, but I would be surprised if Horizon um, takes it. Not because I think it's a bad well, game. Elden, I Elden Ring took up all the attention in the room, basically. Yeah, and we, again, Elden Ring and Star we also have to take into account recency bias, mm. right? Right now, because it just came out, Elden Ring is the greatest game ever created. But will it be two months from now? Well, right? see, you know what? I'll give you. I'll put. I'll put some. I'll put more. I'll stack a little something on Elden Ring's side, though. The very nature of that game, being as obtuse as it is, making you discover things as you discover things, keeps it in the conversation for a lot longer than other games, right? No, we'll so see. There is a, there I, I, is a I, world where, because people are still discovering things in that game, 100, 100 hours played later and they're still in that game, I think that will lend it towards, hey, six months down the line, people are still discovering new things. And that keeps it in the conversation. Whereas your your Forbidden West, it doles it out like it doles it out, and as great as it is, when it's done, it's done. You know, that might so, be a reason for why it's so, still relevant. I guess what I'm saying with Elden Ring is, I remember last year, the absolute talk of the town was uh, Hitman Three, <laughs> and by the time we got to November, I'm sorry, even I'm though sorry. it was sort of universally praised. <laughs> 
you know, where, where did, where was that in the conversation for Game of the Year? Neil Mental says it's nice that black people can have perms in the dystopian future. <laughs> hey, man, it's a luxury. Seriously, that is, I will give you that. Man, the perms are on display in Forbidden West. It's just nuts. But okay, continue. Yeah. So, uh, again, uh, could Elden Ring be one of those um, zeitgeist of the moment, uh, Hitman 3 kind of games? So, I just got an update. I'm sorry. I hated to interrupt. I got an update. You know what I just got? My X screen just showed up. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Xbox X screen. You know, little little laptop. Wait. Commercial aside, yes. <laughs> um, no. So, my, so my, I, I'm just saying in the terms of in terms of how the conversation goes, there, there is something to be accounted for that games that come out later in the year, closer to award season, get, get more conversation. Yeah, considered. And I know Elden Ring is like huge, but will it continue to be huge ten months? We'll yeah. see. Right. And now, I, so I want, there's one thing now I, I want to push back because I'm looking, I'm looking at slow-mo. He came here with some smoke and I'm looking at some people in the Twitter streets uh-huh. and I'm looking at the, a lot of people taking these victory laps on Halo Infinite. So I, I what I do not appreciate is how all of a sudden now uh, 343 is garbage again and Halo Infinite is trash. Right? Because this is what everybody says. Like, see, I told you it wasn't good. You still defended 343. Look, look, Slow look, down. look, look, look. Okay, Everborn. Everborn, yes. Yes. We can, we can acknowledge both can be true. under the bus and pretend that Halo Infinite was a trash game right now. Stop triggering the Halo fan, man. People need to stop triggering the Halo fan. It's not about triggering. I'm just saying, like, let's. Let's have actual conversations. Everybody goes to DEFCON 1 every time there's some Halo news. I, like, give them the smoke and say, hey, you need more content here. Be, but this idea that now the game is trash and 343 is in the doghouse again they, is strange they, they to kind, me. They kind of deserve to be in the doghouse. I'm not saying they don't. I'm not saying they don't deserve smoke. But again... People are saying 343 doesn't have a control over the franchise and they're not the right ones to shepherd it and all these things. Let's let's relax. Let's keep the smoke targeted to where it should be and not make these grand statements. Like, hey. Do you think there's an element of um, hype involved in that? And what I mean by that is that, so maybe an Elder Ring-like situation, except, you know, Amplify, right? Where, um... Halo came out and it did really well. And do you think these guys are looking at it now, months later, saying, "You know what? Wasn't that good?" You think there's an element of that um, I think there's an element of that involved with every big release. I think there's an element of that in Elden Ring. Elden Ring is a 97 right now because it's new. People are talking about it right now because it's new. And I think when you move out a few months from any sort of major, you know, release of any sort of you know, hyped game that you're going to see that you're going to see these hyperbolic takes that they're the greatest so, or worst thing ever. Let me, and I'm saying there's the truth is somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Let, let me, let me ask one last question and we'll adjourn today with this question. Okay. Being that now, can we all agree that Elden Ring is a, a subgenre? It's a niche within the gaming space, even among hardcore, it's a niche, right? 
they, they, they marketed, they hyped it up greatly, and as such, a lot more people are playing it now than ever before. But it's still considered technically a niche. Am I wrong in that? Even today? Uh, I think Souls games are their own genre, just yes. like just like roguelikes are their own genre. Sure, but 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 you you wouldn't say, but but I would say in that in that comparison, roguelikes have far more appeal than 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 Souls games do because roguelikes get a lot more hands on the pot than roguelikes. Than, than I, I don't Souls know that games. that's true. A lot more. What roguelike, roguelike game can you point to? That has this. That has like nearly a million concurrent Steam players and okay. everyone talking about it in that. Sure, way. but th that that could be hype. That could be hyper. Uh, the, the hype around it causing the numbers to be inflated. We shall see in a few months if it's still there. But I guess my question is, my question is, in this world where we see this game getting such high numbers, right? Can we still live in a world where this game gets as much numbers, possibly game of the year contender? And people are still okay with racing games not being called, uh, also being able to get the same honors? Because that is also a subgenre. It is also a niche within the environment. But still, people were like, yep, hands down. It, it doesn't have a story. Neither does Elden Ring. I think, I mean, the niche argument is it's an interesting one because I remember like years ago when I was younger, Monster Hunter was coming out. And my, my friend, he's into it. And I used to tell him, yeah, it's a niche. And he would say, yeah, it's a niche. And then when Monster Hunter World came out and did those numbers, he said it's a niche. I said, you don't do 30 million plus in your niche. That's, niche. Right. that's just right. impossible. Right. Yeah. That's, that's impossible. Right. Like, it's, it's all about the numbers that's at right. this point. So when Elder Ring, when, when we see the sales, because, for example, like, people talk about the Souls games as, you know, they're great games or whatever, but how much do they sell yeah, in comparison to, like, the, big, the other yeah, big games? Whoa, well, well, hold exactly. on. Hold on, man. Let's, Until it, now. No, that's not true. I, I like, the Soul, millions, I think, Dark Souls. Souls games, like, mm -hmm. the, the they've sold, like, over the franchises right mm -hmm. they've got like 30 billion mm -hmm. sales like well no 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 what like like the uh, by by and large even like i think miles dampier was speak was speaking about that as well like they hit like four million or whatever in like a year of the last one whereas they hit four million in like a day or two of this one no like, I understand that. i'm just saying like writ large yeah, if you combine every single one together, sure. Yeah, if you combine They're them, all yeah, basically it's basically the same game. game. So I think it's—I think you can. <laughs> no, you can't do that. <laughs> you see, do that. This, this is the guy. Now he's truly capping for Elden Ring. There you go. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So, so in, in that part, you know, like based on what Elden Ring does numbers-wise, that's how I define it. It's still mm -hmm. a niche. Um, but then again, you know, there's that, like, as you guys were saying with the reviews, is it just a lot of casual gamers going to go buy this game because the review said so, and then they yeah. regret it. I would love to um, know the So maybe like, when Elder... Yeah. yeah, so maybe when Elder Ring 2 comes out, or, you know, we see, like, how many people are still playing the game, we'll have a better idea. But you don't do crazy numbers and be classed as a niche. I don't I'm, think I'm that's, just waiting that's what for it the is. PS6 like, patch where it finally actually runs at 60 frames a second <laughs> the the ps6 remake of elden ring that's what mm -hmm. i want they, made by charge you ex, they, they'll charge you extra money for just to get it to run at the frame rate it should have run in the first place but that's neither here nor there we, we will we'll leave the conversation there no, but that's what i'm saying not even a patch i want the blue point remake uh -huh. of elden because ring on, only at the launch can make, of the ps6 can make it stable <laughs> yes I, I i'm i'm interested to hear and see what it looks like in in the Elden Ring universe five months from now, when patches have been installed, when the when the when on PC side the the the, the community has solved the 60 lock frame rate because they will unlock it eventually it'll get it'll it'll be good. Uh, 
I'm I'm solely against this game because it doesn't do ultra wide. What the hell's wrong with you? What about the 0.5k textures? When are they gonna solve that? But you know, it's not about the, it's not about the quality of the game of the of the graphics. It's always about gameplay. So hey, what are we gonna do? This is us spending our day, you know, poking poking sticks at Elden Ring. But guess what? As soon as we're done here, what are we gonna go do? I'm gonna watch the Xbox Two because they're coming out. Shout out to to, to Jezza, uh, Jezza and Rand. And I'll be playing more Elden Ring. So I think we're, we're rounding the bottom of this conversation. We've been here going for three hours and 30 minutes straight. We, we promised it would be two and a half hours. Didn't I tell you it was going to be four hours, Tay? Didn't it's, I say it? it is and because, I got chastised? Yeah, you it is did. because my co-host is long-winded. Let us move Don't on. Don't you get tired of me being right, sir? I am not. I am not. I'm not. I, I will still contend that it's because my co-host is long-winded. I appreciate you so much for being here, Tay Talks. Thank you so much for joining us. This was a, a great conversation. Please, if you, oh, I see you, you went into into uh, 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 non-video mode for a moment. If you are still here, please, if you wish to contend, tell tell the fine folks where they can find you, what they can they can expect on your YouTube channel. You know, I hope folks who who happen to catch this show go and subscribe to your channel because it is growing exponentially and you do such great work. If you can hear me, please tell us where we can find you. I think maybe Tay, Tay, we lost Tay for a moment. Can you hear me? Oh, there he is. He's back. Yes. Uh, just a bit of connection issues. No worries. No worries. Um, yeah. First of all, thanks for having me. Really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, I mean, gaming talk is always good, and it's just great to have it with you guys. Um, if you guys want to find me, my YouTube channel is Taye Talks, T-A-Y-E-T-A-L-K-S. Um, Content-wise, we mainly do, I guess you could say mass effects, but also any... Um, videos on rpg kind of like content um, i also do a essay analysis on the video game industry uh primarily really focus your, on that your analysis and your essays very 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 well, well, well before you before you complete this sentence mm -hmm. is it tay talks or taye taye talks taye. see i've been calling you tay this whole time Every, everyone's been saying Tay yeah. talks. You know, I mean, I go by a couple of different names, but like Tay will be the. I mean, even Tai is like pretty much what most people ah, call okay, it. Okay, cool. Okay, there you go. There you go. Now you know yeah. better. Please continue. Um. Yeah. So, um, content-wise, primarily do Xbox-like content, just on the industry, some other stuff like Japan. Um. You know, who Microsoft should buy next and why, oh for example. Um. But yeah, that's pretty much the channel. Um. I do do a podcast there. I haven't been able to. Um, do it in the last couple of weeks just because i've been a bit, a bit been a bit busy but um yeah that's something that i'm looking to keep going for the week so once a week not just on the day chat but once a week i appreciate you being here and yes i've checked out a couple of your your videos i've checked out your your, your podcast always fun always you know introspective conversation dissenting opinions always fun like us you know come here you know talk like man babies it's fun we, we enjoy doing it once a week it's, it's beautiful so Thank you so yeah, much, Ty, for, for being here. And of course, you know, uh, now that you, you, you've been here, the bat signal will be out. Whenever you feel the need to come and, and, and make your voice heard, you are always welcome. I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. And of course, uh, all of his show notes, every every way you can find him on Twitter, where you can find his YouTube channel, I will make sure I put all of that in our show notes. Mr. Everborn Saga, what do you have going on this week, good sir? All right, well, when this show's done, I'm going to see the Batman and potentially... When are you seeing it, by the way? That is a good question. When are we on the reel? I would like to do it on Sunday. You would like to do it tomorrow? Yeah. Can you see Batman today? 
uh, we shall see because I have a huge renovation about to happen. About to basically. This is why I want to get it out the way before that goes crazy. Before before we're podcasting in your bedroom. We'll we'll definitely be podcasting in the bedroom soon. I I feel like there should be a pause there, but we'll let let this decide. All right. Um, But. No, no, no. I, going to see it today. I want to bring on the real back tomorrow for uh, some spoiler talk on okay. on on Batman. Yeah, I've been I've been avoiding spoilers left and right. There's so many explainer videos. I'm like, no, you know. So I gotta, but I the gotta thumbnails go are gonna spoil it. Like, even if you don't I watch the videos, it so far. it's the so thumbnails. Far, so far, I've been I've been good. So maybe that is definitely what I need to do. All right. I, I so uh, uh, in other news, uh, we are. Um, uh, beginning to send out books like physical. Everyone has their digital rewards for the Kickstarter, but we are beginning to send out physical books for uh, the Redlands. We are just waiting for the hardcovers for people who have that in their uh, reward tier. So the Ultimate Prince of Arcadia Ultimate Edition Book 2. When those hardcovers come in, we'll send out your rewards. But if you only have the Redlands in your reward tier, you will we will be shipping that out uh, this week. And um, we are—I uh, think we got an announcement coming. But the Redlands will also be for sale uh, on on EverbornSaga.com starting this week. So if you miss the campaign, you'll be able to buy some copies. Um, and that's kind of the biggest thing. And obviously, you know, Mondays are um, PTG. are uh, PTG. And uh, um, I know Xbox University has a. a a show coming up soon. Uh, we couldn't do it today because of my schedule. I apologize for that. But whenever that is back, uh, check that out as well. Um, and just go to EvermoreInSaga.com and see 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 what we have on offer. If you're if you're into Game of Thrones, if you're into fantasy, if you are into um, anime, like um, um, uh, I can't think of it <laughs> right now, but Arcane. Yeah, Arcane, if you're into Arcane, it's that kind of thing. So, um, um, yeah, ch- check us out. It, it is it is Western fantasy mixed with anime. Um, if you're into that kind of thing, we, we've got you covered there. Uh, and, you know, everbornsaga.com. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I the Ranking the of folks. Kings is what I was going to say. If you're into uh, uh, The Ranking uh, yes. of Kings, yes, if you're yes. into Seven Deadly Sins, if you are into... I actually need to watch uh, The Ranking of Kings. You put that on my list. I need to watch that. I need to watch right. that. Right. If you're into Vinland Saga, we, we've got you covered there. Check those things out. Um, we're, uh, 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 the Redlands is probably some of our best work to date, and it's only warming up for there. And Big Mad Mo. Uh, can uh, attest to this. Uh, yes. We are working on Ariel's Adventure Chapter 2 as we speak, as well as uh, a new series that we'll be launching uh, very soon. So, Everborn Saga is where you can find out more info on all of So, thank you, thank you to all the, the folks in the chat who, who are always here making the show better. As we've mentioned, Big Bad Mo, we see you good, sir. Suicide Kings, the man Somo Black Slap is over here keeping everybody on their toes. You know, uh, Victor Alistine says he really appreciated the show. He says Ty is a great addition to you guys. Thank you. Ty is a wonderful individual, and we appreciate him being here. We hope he comes back again very soon. You know, Pixelbit G's in here. Neo Mental was in here. Everybody, we, we really appreciate you guys uh, showing up and always making the show so much better. Thank you guys so much for continuing to support the show and continuing the conversations. Of course, you know you can keep the conversation going. You'll catch us on your Twitters and your YouTubes and we're, we're out there, you know, always ready to, to continue the conversation. 
Uh, again, TKO Asante everywhere, Mr. Everborn Saga. And for, for Thai Talks, I say thank you guys. And I hope you guys have a great weekend. And we shall see you guys very soon. Good night, y'all.